it's uh it's another week it's that time uh your ears are listening to the dulcet sounds of <laughs> the new utah podcast <laughs> You know, Phil Colgan's officially back now from their European tour. Have you heard anything from him? Have they said? No, I actually need to place a button order with him. How many pairs of panties were thrown on the stage? (laughs) Larry's not there. It doesn't matter. Those guys are panty droppers, right? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Did you drop yours? Hell no. I'm not into dudes, even if they're sexy. (laughs) This is not my thing. You know what's funny about that is I I saw a quiet riot in the late nineties and the lead singer was like, Hey guys, back in the eighties the ladies used to show their titties. And uh yeah, like everyone just looked at them blankly like, Bro, you're old. Like Yeah, yeah no one wants to see titties from fifty year old women. That dulcet voice is uh not a normal person on this podcast. That's Josh Cameron. Hello. Back at it again. Returning. I think he's... This is number three. This is number three. Thank you for having me. Apparently, I haven't scared you guys off. Have we had anyone else on three times? One person, right? Uh, Travis. 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 Chris 2.0. Yeah, Chris 2.0. Travis has been on three times. Holly's been on a bunch, too, but... That's a little different. We never had her on as a guest. That's a little different. She's our backup. No, no. The Halloween episode a couple years ago. Oh, was she? Yep. Uh, Was was Travis a guest or was he always just the first replacement for me? He was a guest. Yeah, he (laughs) was both. Both, right? Because I wasn't there for that first episode with him. I was out of town doing work or something. We were at a funeral. Man, that is like ancient history. That was so long ago. Episode 177. 177 weeks. That is a lot of weeks. It's pretty awesome. Um, Yeah. Some some weeks are more challenging than others. That's some all. are more awesome than others. <laughs> Apparently. So, Jeremy, I understand you have a, a follow-up oh, on yeah, Jolt follow-up. Cola. So last week we had a riveting Jolt Cola conversation. I would like to say that that was mostly bang energy. Yeah, drinks. it was. Yeah, Jolt well, was such a It was a me mind, giving you shit because no one sells like, Jolt. I didn't get to hear that last week. Oh, yeah, you were here this So we are talking about Jolt, and I said that I had seen it, like, within the last year, year and a half, and... After, I just I just read the first store on here, and that's totally a store you would go to. Well, okay, so well, I so, just went there. So after the podcast, I'm thinking, I know I saw it. I know I'm, I'm not going crazy. So I did. So I looked it up, and sure enough, all of the Dollar General stores sell it. And so there's like three. Yeah. So basically, are, fall off of a truck stores. Kind of, kind of, and Pyrados. What, what the fuck is that? I've never heard of that store. <gasps> you would Pyridos love Pyrados. Okay. Where so is it? Love it's Pyridos. Like it's on Seventh East and about a hundred twentieth. Yeah. South. So the building itself was originally the theater for the Fort Douglas military base. Uh, it's a shack, basically. <laughs> about sixty-five years ago, though, the guy and his name is like. Owen something, the pirate, the O in pirate. Ah. He bought the building from the base when they were doing a bunch of reconstruction. He picked it up, cut it in half, moved it to where it's at, and put it back together again. So the 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 building, it's pretty dumpy, but it sort of has. But it's like, rad. It's a, like specialty store, so, a specialty so, food store. So they sell all the. They stuff. have turkey butter turkeys. Yeah, that <laughs> thing in a small thing. shack. It's not small. It's not small. But it is a shack. Yeah. But they have one section of the store where they sell all the nostalgic weird stuff you can't find anymore, like the cigarette candies. Like Jolt Cola. And Jolt Cola. And then they have like British food, and then they have like Do you remember the cigarette candies? Yes. How crazy were we as a society where we're like, let's have candy Candy that looks like that mimics cigarettes that adults smoke so children can get hooked at a very young age. So you can still get them, though, at Pyrodos. They have that kind of stuff. Well, you can get them. I don't know if you... Can you get still get the ones that smoke? So I remember they used to have the gum ones. the powder in it. They had the powder and you could pop it and it looked like it smoked. I remember... This probably would have been about 88, 89-ish time frame. 
my sister got some and brought them home and was playing with them. And my mom freaked out because they were the ones that you they they'd puff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was living in Riverton as a kid, I used to go down to I want to say it was was it C's C's candy little storefront and buy the the penny. They actually had penny candies back then. And I, you'd get the fake pack of cigarettes that actually had the powder, like Chris uh-huh. was talking about, where they puff out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was pretty incredible. But to your point, as far as like what sort of society, uh, you know, peddles these things for kids to get hooked on, like what sort of society pays doctors to tell pregnant women to smoke because it calms their nerves, right? That's true. Same, That's true. Yeah, that would have been about the same time frame. I mean, th- like, and okay, so, and, and I don't understand, <laughs> I don't understand how we have like the wool so pulled over our eyes over and over again with different things. I know. I know. It's, like, I mean, money, right? It's, it's all money. Cause, okay. So it's not tobacco. Now it's like, Oh, suddenly we, we realize after 20 years of big pharma fucking infiltrating our entire life with opioids and getting half the fucking population hooked on heroin, essentially pharmaceutical grade heroin. Now we're going back to him being like, Hey, what the hell, man? What are you doing? I'm going to take slight issue with that because heroin is not as lethal as... Uh, <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah, well, just, unless it's cut with shit like, you know... Fentanyl, fentanyl. or something. Yeah. yeah, for so, sure. So, yeah, Pyridos, that's basically the savers of grocery stores. No, it's more expensive than savers. No, Although dude, savers prices have gone stuff, up. There's no way it's the savers. It's cool. It's, it's not cool. The, well, they do have the little, they have the little cafe. You know who else might mm-hmm. have it, actually, is... Um, uh, cabin fever in Charlie Square. They sell yeah. a bunch of shit like that. They too. might. They might. Nostalgic stuff that no one actually wants. So anyway, so Jolt. So I did. I did. I found their little slogan thingy from oh. Jolt, and it says, uh, "Let's see." Launched in 1985, Jolt Cola dominated the hearts and minds of gamers, hackers, journalists, and other night owls across the country with its commitment to all sugar and twice the caffeine in every can. With a classic cola taste, each 16 ounce can features 160. That's one six zero. Milligrams of caffeine and fifty grams of sugar. How much does the average cup of coffee have in it? Uh, yeah, sugar or yeah, the average cup of coffee. How much sugar is in it, Jeremy? <laughs> Zero if you don't put any in it. I That's not what he asked. How much caffeine? Caffeine. Oh, ninety-five. Ninety-five milligrams uh, in an average eight-ounce brewed coffee. Sixty-three milligrams in an espresso. Yeah. Well, so they're comparing it to sixteen ounces, so you need to double that. Okay. So if you're doing so okay, sixteen. Let's let's say it's a double shot espresso drink, which is a pretty common size. So that's one hundred and twenty milligrams, and this is one hundred and sixty. So it's not that much more. It's really not. It's really not. And I usually put two extra shots into my and my fifty grams of sugar. Though, that's a lot, dude. I that's drink a, a lot of fucking sugar. sugar. I drink a pot of coffee a day. Yeah, like, literally. Yeah, jolts nothing. Yeah, like in comparison, except for the sugar. The sugar is crazy. Okay, so there's another one, right? Like, at what point are we as a country gonna recognize like how fucking ridiculous, like? Like federally and statewide go, okay, sugar, like New York's finally catching on and California's starting to catch on. Like you can't fucking sell this shit. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't put fucking well, soda machines in schools. We've talked about it before. If they would tax sodas the same way they do beer, but they just fucking tax processed sugar. Yeah. Cause if you want to talk about a health crisis, like, okay, so we have, we have tobacco, which is a serious health crisis. People, a lot of people dying of all kinds of complications directly linked to both first-hand and second-hand smoke. Then we have the opioid crisis, which is its own health concern, considerably less, I think, honestly, than than what was going on with tobacco. But now we have massive uh, rates of childhood obesity and diabetes and people dying. And here of, in Utah, though, the number one, number one of child- all addictions is porn. 
Oh, well, no, that's just the, the biggest public health concern. <laughs> yeah, that's, the biggest, concern. Well, public that's, health that's anywhere concern. where there's a strong uh, theocratic kind of rule. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. Because in the same reason why anytime there's conference weekend that the liquor stores have a record record sales is because people hide their hide their addiction. Because And that's what I find most insidious is so like here like I am. President Nelson, talked again. Shot. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and so like so here I am hanging out with say say I'm hanging out with Jeremy. Jeremy's like, man, I I. I kind of feel like a flawed person, but this Josh really seems like he's got it together. Then here I am thinking, wow, I'm kind of a flawed person. Jeremy really seems like he's got it together, but I need to keep up this facade. So then Jeremy's like, oh my God, this guy really does have it together. What is wrong with me? And inside I'm saying, oh my God, Jeremy has it together. What is wrong with me? And then all of a sudden you're both. Yeah. And the reality is neither of you are near as good as the current pirate who has vanished. Oh, Ever since we told Shannon Barnes, I think him. Shannon kidnapped him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's gone. I think he's in Shannon's basement. He's dead somewhere. That's my and theory. then uh, with sugar, did you know that never in history has there ever been a link between obesity and poverty since the creation of uh, high fructose corn syrup? Yeah, I, I believe it. Like how, like how, in how many historical civilizations do you see fat poor people? You don't. You don't because they don't have any fucking food. No, they don't. They're, they're starving. They're they're yeah. Star- yeah, and you see, you actually see fat people painted like, "Hey, this is a beautiful woman. She's like, she's got some snacks." Part part of it, too, <laughs> part of it too is like, part of it too is like McDonald's, right? I can go get a fucking hamburger from McDonald's for a dollar. Yep. Right. I can get a hamburger and a soda for two dollars at McDonald's, and that'll fill me up. And that's fucking really not good for you either from the sugar or from the amount of like fat and calories that that thing has. But is she, can you make yourself dinner for for two bucks? No, no, you can't. Not right. even close. Well, that's because it's subsidized, right? And then yeah. and then you talk about you know, well, poor people can't uh, you know can't afford healthy food. And then you see Republican congressmen like they go to the dollar store like well, I can buy this processed can of can of, of you know peanut butter that's got like twelve different ingredients. Well, yeah, that's, not that's strange. Nuts and, right. and salt <laughs> and peanut right. is peanut yeah. is the last. One. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like because it's true. Like you go to any grocery store except maybe Rancho Markets and you go to buy produce. That's the bulk of your expense. Yeah. Like I spend a lot of money at the store, and I we for the most part when we're at the store, we don't go through the middle of the the, the store. We stay on the outside, uh, which is where all your fresh products are, and the and stores. Stores are designed that way yep. for a reason, yep. but I don't usually spend a lot of time on the inside aisles unless I'm getting a staple like flour or a bag of sugar, uh, and grocery pills aren't cheap because of that, because produce is super expensive. That's one of the reasons I love like the farmer's market, because you want to talk about cheap produce, that's that's where you get the cheapest produce is, is local markets. Yep. Well, and it Sometimes. also reduces the uh, carbon footprint. It helps a local economy. The money that you're actually putting and you're exchanging hands is actually putting putting itself right back in the what economy. What is that, like 70, 70 cents, cents to the dollar versus 10 cents to the, the dollar? back in the local economy when you purchase from a, from a market. It's like one of my favorite statistics. It's, it's just, that's just a crazy, harrowing number. But anyway, we were, we were talking about Jolt Cola as a follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, when Josh is on the I show, I remember it from from like stage crew. That's my memories of Jolt Cola. Yeah, yeah. When, when Josh crew. is on the show, we tend to go off on political tangents because there's someone that will feed my insanity. <laughs> yes. So I decided the two of you need to have like a monthly podcast, like oh. just once well, a month. Are you, you still two. doing your other podcast? No. So because <laughs> I listened to it for a while. Did you? So I, re- I got a, I got to a point where I was like. Fuck, I, like, I can't keep up with yeah. all the podcasts I yeah. want to listen to. Well, one, I'm honored. Thank you so much. Uh, two, um, I really love those guys. I love Jesse. I love Chris. Jesse is crazy. Um, but I got to a point where I literally spent two years having to take, um, sleeping pills to sleep. And then I kind of backed away from the podcast and backed away a little bit from, um, from politics. 
and then I could actually fall asleep. And so that was my my brain and my body telling me, bro, you got to step back. And so what a lot of people don't don't know about me, and you may not guess by the end of the show, is that um, I grew up an introvert. And so I'm still an introvert at heart, which means that when I need to recharge, I pretty much close off the world, and I need to recharge, and then I can jump right back into it. And so um, I quit in the podcast. I actually stepped down as a spokesperson for our our, our Voice USA. Um, and then in that stepping back period is actually when I produce my book. Nice. That's a good. That's a good way to be an introvert and still have be you and have a voice. Yeah. How many episodes did you get? Uh, we got to I want to say twenty eight. Oh, they so crossed tw- the threshold. Twenty five is ninety percent of threshold. all podcasts. Interesting. Die at twenty five. Well, that makes sense. That's about a half a year, right? Yep. And so you get about six months in, and then you're like, oh, well, you've man, run out of content. Yep. You hate the people you're with. Yeah. And you realize it's not working. It takes a whole lot more time than you thought yeah, it would. A, that was the thing that's crazy. Like, the podcast takes a lot of time, a lot of time, and it's not just. A couple hours and then an hour of editing or whatever. It is. It's a lot more to to stay caught up on everything. You have to be engaged all the time. And now, like fucking people, tell me they listen all the time, and I now I have to be like engaged with like <laughs> people and people I work with. So it's a it's a lot more work than just a couple hours. Yeah, when a week. we went to our English dinner the other day, the lady was like. I was all worried about you coming over because you told me that you cleaned your vacuum. Because <laughs> Brie talked about okay. cleaning out the vacuum yeah. on the show. So then I felt really bad because she was all worried about it. I didn't. So you get, she had a dog, so I didn't notice you anything about her house. Works to follow you around. Do you remember on episode one twenty three when you said and you're like, what? No. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like, did I? Was that yesterday? Because I probably don't remember. No. I know I always have to like Google old episodes. Be like, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I look through the old show notes sometimes. I'll do a control F on my show notes and see if I can find it. Um, but yeah, so we we didn't talk about that last week either. The English dinner that we had. Oh yeah. Um, so my my friend, she's I guess my employee. So I've known this lady for a really long time. Jenny is her name. She's uh, English. She came over to the states like you know eons ago um she's raised you know multiple kids here in the states um retained her english citizenship because she didn't want to renounce the queen uh and so she's she's not a u.s citizen um but uh, i met her like gosh almost 20 years ago when i worked for another company that used the product that the current company i work for um was was hawking at the time and she trained me and traveled around the country a couple times with me so we decided as a company to kick them out of our organization and go find another partner. And I was a big hand in that because they weren't moving fast enough. So here we are like fast forward 15, 16, 17 years later. And I am now working for them. Uh, I'm Jenny's boss. And Jenny, when she first saw me like a couple years ago, when I started with them, she's like, you look really familiar. I don't understand. why." <laughs> and Jenny's like retired. She works for us a couple days a week to help out. Um, to, to, you know, help, you know, with her, her sustainable income stuff. But she's like, I just don't remember. I don't understand why you look so familiar. I'm like, because we travel together. You trained me. Like, I, I remember you. I remember your ex-husband and your great Danes and your mini. You took me on like 100 mile an hour drives. It's probably up the, the shift of the hair. Mini. You had hair up here and That's not true. down here not back the then. <laughs> and it like slid. Well, I was a lot younger then too, right? I was in my early twenties, maybe. Um, you didn't look like you were ready for Valhalla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, so she invited us and, and one of my other uh, employees, Paige, over to dinner at their house, at her house, uh, and she made us a leg of lamb. Uh, it very, was so 
freaking good. A Lego lamb? That's what that's Lego what I heard lamb. about. Leg of lamb. Yeah. Leg of lamb. Uh, with some, I don't know, some potatoes and some amazing carrots with like onions and, and garlic leeks. and some leeks. It was a really good dinner and paired with a whole bunch of different types of wine and some cheese at the end and some banana. Nice. Pie. That sounds good. It was amazing. It was really, really good. She was the one I was showing the chicken coop pictures because oh. she has chickens. You ask about my chicken stuff. Oh, yeah. did you did you see that? Uh, there's, uh, I believe it was the FDA that gave a warning like don't kiss your chickens. Who the hell is <laughs> kissing the chickens? Yeah, well, because pe- people keep them as pets. People they're, they're think cute. They're pets. They're, yeah, they're super cute. Like my wife had oh. chickens as pets in El Salvador. But, did um, your wife ever kiss the chickens? Probably. Like I she, would, I mean, she was. Well, she was like, she was like seven. Kiss them goodnight on the head. Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing they used she the eggs them. and they probably killed the chickens. Well, Grandma did. Yeah. yeah, and she was horrified by it because, like, here's my pet chicken. Oh, guess what? Chicken ate the onions. Guess what? Grandma does. Grabs a cleaver, right? Yeah. And so yeah. Where and, do you think a peck comes from? Yep. The but trick? you don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't kiss them because uh, apparently they have salmonella just on their skin. Oh yeah. Uh, and not not actually even in the flesh, but just straight. No, on, well, yeah. because they're that's the same thing with eggs. That's why you wash the eggs before you crack them open. You should not use a dirty egg because they're covered in bacteria. Yeah. But that same bacteria pre-washes all of our eggs for us. Yeah, but that same bacteria also keeps those eggs incredibly awesome for a really long time if you don't wash them. They stay fresh forever. 40 plus days. Yeah, that's crazy. So anyway, um, yeah. Don't kiss your chickens. All right, don't (laughs) kiss your chickens. Should we we maybe get into events? Because it's, I don't know, like, it's only 20 minutes in. We could dick around for a couple more hours. (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly no. The plan. Did you want to talk about dine around, or do you want me to talk uh, about dine around? We can talk about it jointly. So I put it on here because it's coming up. So it's October eighteenth. So it starts this weekend. Do they do? Um, is it one that they do twice a year? Mm-hmm, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, twice a year. So it'll be the eighteenth through November third. So you get basically two full weeks um, and three weekends, which is which is really cool. Um, and this is just a way, so we talk about all the really amazing places to eat in the valley. Um, some of them are cost prohibitive, uh, on a, on a regular basis. Some, sometimes you're like, well, I don't know if I really want to go spend, you know, $40 a plate or $50 a plate somewhere that I'm not sure if I'm going to like, or in some cases, even more than that. Um, so all of these restaurants that are featured have specific menus for the dine around event. They have lunches, they have dinners. Some of them have some other things. Lakai on there. Lakai is not. I don't That's think. because they don't actually serve don't, food. At you guys, I cannot. I cannot wait to see what happens with City Weekly's best stuff this year. I hope they don't win everything. I still have not met a single person, a single person that has actually gone there not on a school food outside trip. of it. I went there on not a school thing. I've told you that twenty thousand times. Did you eat there? Yes. When? I don't know. A long time ago. <laughs> so I just don't think it. I don't think it's. I think the anymore. cartel owns it and they're laundering money. <laughs> that's that's the conclusion. I don't we think came it's a real it. restaurant. It's just a front. But so they win every award. It wouldn't be the first restaurant in Utah to be run like Jim's. No. <laughs> pretty sure by Jim's. Jim's is run by the Greek mafia. <laughs> I'm pretty then sure. the coachman. What about the uh, the daycare in South Salt Lake? That, yeah, yeah, that too. What? Yeah, there's a daycare. You know about South- the daycare. Yeah, it's on I the believe, creepy daycare by yeah, like James's house. Thirteenth South and I don't know, was like fifth like west or something or, or east. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like third or fourth east because yeah, it's like by that. my cousin's house. Yep. And it's a uh, multicolored. Uh, you never see anyone there. You never see kids there. <laughs> Those are all yeah. like oh, it's a daycare. No, it's like it's creepastic. Yeah, it's, <laughs> awesome. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. 
Anyways, dying around. I'm going to go get my picture side. in front of that building. Derails us again. No, so it's on a corner. So dine around features a ton of places, and you have everything from $10 lunches all the way up to $40 dinners. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and basically everything in that range. Dinner is 20 to $40, um, depending on where you go. Um, but that's typically ha- like half, isn't it, of whatever the normal? Well, yeah. It so depends on what you order. And a lot of these, like Chris said, are prefixed. So, so they'll have like a very specific, like, this is what you can order. Maybe it'll be like an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert, something so like that. I'll kind of give you an idea. So, for instance, Ruth's Chris mm-hmm. is on there as one of the $40 ones. Um, the Melting Pot is a $40 one. Um, the Melting Pot, like, averages, I want to say, like, 80 to $90 a head. To go there for dinner. So for a $40, um, you're getting a really good deal. And yeah. a chance to try something you probably wouldn't be able to otherwise. Yeah, and then you have uh, HSL, which is a new hot it's hip It's not place. new. I don't it's know. Okay. It's too <laughs> fancy schmancy. I ate there. Uh, you have White Horse. Um, so those are those top-end ones at $40. But below that for dinner, you have, um, like, I've always wanted to try London Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really, ever since I first came across and wanted to try but you have like London came Bell. Came across? Came across what? You hush your mouth. Whiskey Street. <laughs> Zest. Ten Angel. Stone Ground is one of my favorite places downtown to eat. Red Rock. Um, Maze. Uh, and Ten Angel has moved if you are not they aware. They are no longer across from Pioneer Park. They now are on Main Street. So It's good to know. Yeah. It's good to know. Um, for $20 dinners there's Bourbon House, Canela's, the Copper Commons, Ginger Street, I need to try this place. It just opened. I think it's been open like three months and it, their f- food looks incredible. And I think that it's done by the same guy that did Even Stevens, oh, if really? I remember correctly. Oh. Yeah. Then you have like Gourmandu's, Playku, Stabella. I had Gourmandu's for Seta, lunch Seta last Bello? week. Is that how you say it? Is Setabello yep. the like wine and tapas place? Pe- no, it's pizza. It's right next oh, okay. to Red Rock downtown. Okay. okay. Uh, Red Rock's also. That one we walked past and noticed. Oh, Yeah. And there's squatters. What's Taco Taco? I don't know, but it sounds awesome. I mean, it sounds like a good taco place. There's Tacanos, um, and those they are all the dinner places. So there's a lot of different places. Most of them have lunch as well. Um, not all of them, but most of them. Uh, if you go to dineround.com, uh, uh, dineoround, O-R-O-U-N-D, it has all of them. And, and most of them have uh, menus available on that site. They also have links to their site. Mm-hmm. Um there's a big sample menu uh, that lists a lot of the restaurants and what they offer uh, at various uh, at various levels. Um, they do the menus from like 2018, for example. Roos Chris in 2018, the $35 dinner options were uh, a Caesar salad or a house salad, uh, petite filet and shrimp or boiled Atlantic salmon, and a chocolate sin cake. So it's a full meal for $35. It's not just an entree. So like Stone Ground last year was bruschetta or antipasti. And then, I don't know, some sausage and pasta or pork and a chocolate cake or a creme brulee. So it's, it's, you're getting your money's worth. And it's a good way to try all these different restaurants and kind of see the stuff that's being featured there. So one of my favorite ones on there is Pliku. It's so delicious. What kind of food? Uh, like American Vietnamese food. It's so good. American Vietnamese. Yeah. It's like fusion. It's really, really good though. So is it like, is it like a like a banh mi type? Place? No, no, it's more like noodles and appetizers like and soup. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Pho is amazing, and I'm glad that you said pho and not pho. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, as far as Vietnamese food. We are cultured food, here. I know, Josh, right? You uh, should know that by I, now. My favorite thing about pho restaurants is all the clever plays on the names. Yeah, right. Oh, the pho oh, king. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I call myself the king of pho just so yeah. people can say, oh, you're the pho king, huh? Um, so <laughs> uh, coming back to the creepy um, daycare, just west of that, by about two blocks, there's a place called Shanghai Cafe, which for me, for the price, is the best Vietnamese Chinese food you're going to get. You're probably going to get about eight or nine bucks a plate, and it's awesome. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, really good. Mm. Right next to the ball, right next to the ballpark. That's I had walking some. Distance. I had some pretty serious top ramen while you guys were getting here. So <laughs> I had popcorn. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm foodieing it up to this. We we haven't bought a lot of groceries because we're going out of town. We're going to Vegas for a week, and uh, I'm also trying not to eat a lot because I'm going to Vegas for a week. That's um, a- speaking of eating, last week I forgot to say an event, and it's over now. But Bubble and Brown came back to town for what? one day. Just to kind of like I mean, as I, a last hurrah. Like, I wouldn't tell anyone either. I completely forgot, but <laughs> I did stock up just so you know. <laughs> I feel like she just didn't want anybody else That's to go there. It's the true because the line, yeah, yeah. It's out of control. It's fresh, fresh pastries. They don't last very long, Jeff. They freeze them. I, I kept their scones in the freezer for like eight months. They were fine. That's that seems really sad. So I, what, I'm a food hoarder. If you didn't know that, well, because I'm like I'm never gonna get this again. Jess is gonna and be one on, day. I'm gonna remember it. Jess then, is gonna be on hoarders, buried alive, and they're gonna open up her freezer, and it's gonna be like nothing but bubble and brown pastries that are all moldy because <laughs> the freezer hasn't worked for like six years. So I have heard that scones and Utah scones are different. Yes. Is that yes. right? Okay. Yes. No, these are like English scones, like okay. real, like yeah. like crumbly English yeah. scones, not fry bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. fry bread's delicious. How how is it not delicious? Not it's bread and it's fried. Not scone cutter though. Uh, yeah, that is not. Delicious. Are there any left? Yeah, there's there are like, some left. There's like there's two. one on ninetieth. That's like one of two. The, the one by left. Granger is gone. The one over here is gone forever. The one one of the last ones was one by our house, and now it's a Beto's. Yep. Wasn't there one near 21st and like state or something? Oh, yes, that's I think still, that there. One's still there. Still yep. there too. The one remaining. Still, you no, can get smiley fries. No. You don't need. You could go to Walmart and get those too. That doesn't make them any better. Are you just gonna say you don't need them? No, you don't need them. <laughs> They're not good, and nothing else there is good either. Like that place is terrible. I, they stopped making my favorite summit, so I went. I stopped going a long time ago. Okay, let's talk about events. Okay, baby, let's We're, talk about what? No. <laughs> All the good no. things no. that are happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna like capture that and I'm gonna start fucking playing it. I'll let him mark that. Go ahead and keep singing the song real quick. I can't. Let's talk about events, but baby. that's the second song that I've created to that in the last week. Oh, the one Raclette made me record and they posted on their Instagram. Did it was they really? really? Yep. It was really funny. Anyways, so, um, on the 23rd, um, which is basically like when you're gonna be listening to this, um, go to Time and Place. It's a free event downtown. Um, Edda Place Cider, which is based out of Tory, are coming up and doing an apple tasting. Their orchards are finally ready, and they're getting ready to produce their cider. So, have they anything about said anything about where they're going to sell it? Are they going to have it? I haven't. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. in my okay. research yet, but I'll get back to you on that. Um, also coming up is sorry. Let me flip my little thing here. Flip it and reverse it. Um. 
The 26th, uh, the, I, I, I wanted, don't bend that way. I, <laughs> I wanted to put this down, um, just because of some feedback that I've read online. It's so, I think they do this a couple times a year, but they like purposefully do it, um, around this time of year at the Fort Douglas Cemetery. They do a tour and it's a, it's a free tour. It's during the day. They have like reenactors up there. They have some people to tell, um, some of the stories of the people that are buried up there. Um, like there's, um, a whole section of like a German soldiers that are up there. Um, and a lot of like pioneers and soldiers and they, when they posted the event, they got a lot of kickback and people were like, Whoa, this is really convenient that you're doing this right now. And I'm like, clearly you didn't read about the event. Like it's not to be disrespectful to the cemetery. I've been to it and it's not disrespectful whatsoever. Um, it's very historical and so it's just a great opportunity. It's beautiful up there um, this time of year. So go to the Fort Douglas Cemetery tour. Um, also, historically, and um, I have a question for you, Chris. So I went, what, two years ago to the Logan Historic Ghost tour that they do. And they're doing that again. And it's really, really cool. Um, I was having a chat with my friend Kelly and... She was complaining about paranormal investigations. <laughs> she was like, but you just have to sit there for so long and quiet and nothing's happening. And, and I was like, well, yeah, like that's part of it. That's and why I don't understand how anyone does them. So, and that's, and that's <laughs> what I, <laughs> so I have the patience for it. Um, Jeremy probably has the patience for it. I don't know if Brie has the patience for it, but I wanted I to know what you thought about the historical tours. Like, do you want to be fed a story, actual things that have happened that are related to the building? Would yeah. that be of more oh, hell yeah. interest to you? Because historical facts and, and what has actually happened in a place is really interesting to me. What's not interesting to me is are there still fucking ghosts lingering around? Am I going to pick them up listening back to five hours of silence and hope that that one weird sound is somewhat audible as to being a fucking spirit saying something back to me when I talk and not some idiot that's with me that farted on the mic. Like, <laughs> well, and, and surely it can't be scientifically broken down as, hey, that's infrasound that actually has your brain see sound, right? Surely it can't be that. Surely it can't be that you're hallucinating just based on principles yeah, I, of physics. I, I just, so, and it's not that I don't totally disbelieve in the idea of spirits or ghosts, but at the same time, like, honestly... <sighs> I don't understand the fascination with it, but I, I think history is fantastic. So when I, it's funny too, cause I listen to some people like, um, uh, like Jimmy, um, I don't remember what her last name is, the, the lady from the chicken bone lady. Jimmy but like, Darley. Yeah. <laughs> the lick the fucking chicken bones at Castle of Chaos that, that, that time. Um, so, but she would, she said something like, I don't like, I don't like having people tell me, what to expect in the building. Mm -hmm. I like finding out about the history myself and coming to my own conclusions. And my thought is, why are you coming to conclusions? Because it's just historical fact what has happened in that building. Um, and some of it is fact and some of it's total bullshit conjecture. And the problem is if you start reading the bullshit conjecture, even if you find out later that it's bullshit conjecture, that's already stuck in your mind. 
and you're going to be thinking about that. That's going to be in the back of your mind subconsciously. It's like if someone says something in front of a jury and they're instructed to strike that, they don't fucking strike that. <laughs> that's why people get in really, it's not fucking TV, guys. If you say shit that shouldn't be said in front of a jury, you have a mistrial and you get a new fucking jury. Judges don't put up with that shit because you can't unhear, you can't unsee things. And so I, 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 it, Believe me, there would be a lot I would unhear and unsee if that were possible. <laughs> like my dances in the morning? No, I'd keep those. Those are funny. Anyways, I just thought after <laughs> hearing her talk about it the other day, I was like, I feel like this would be a good conversation to have with Chris. Yeah, like so, I, I love historical stuff. Shit, I'll go on historical tours all day. I, I think that's why he agreed to go to the house thing with me is because he knew that there would be some. Yeah, I was fascinated. Like, I'm, like well, And then so, once he was there, he was like, this is cool. Yeah, not all the people though. Those people were stupid. Well, you can go to Logan and take their historical tour. It's thirteen dollars and thirteen cents, and it actually is really awesome. It's a two, so it's a <laughs> it's a two hour walking tour, and it's awesome. Um, also, next weekend is, and I can't, I feel like we just talked about this, but the twenty sixth is Diwali Festival of Lights, um, and they're Which doing is it kind of early, right? Because um, Diwali's in November. It's it's like it moves though. It's a moving yeah. target. Uh, a moving target. It holiday. is. It's it's not um, like, like Christmas is always on the same day. Diwali right. is not. Chris actually asked me if Veterans Day was always on the eleventh or but moved around. I'm like, you've been dating me slash been engaged oh, to me for is. nine it, years it, it and is. you had no Sunday, clue. It's October always the same day this year. Interesting. I need to message surrender while we're doing this and so, see if I get to go to his house this year. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause it was awesome before. Remember? Yeah. But we um, had to fire him. So yeah. we don't mind. Uh, I, mean, I, I did kind of him. fire the guy. So, <laughs> so if you don't get to go to somebody's house, you can go to the Hare Krishna temple at 6 PM. They'll have food, dance, fireworks. It's a free event. Um, to get more information, you can go to utahkrishnas.org. So, for those of you that don't know, Diwali is like the really, really big. So in, in Hindu in the Hindu religion, there are a ton of holidays and, and they're basically all there for all the various different gods because they're polytheistic. Mono, yeah, polytheistic. Poly. I'm, I'm trying to get my things right. But Diwali is one of the biggest festivals. Um, and it is the most, it, it is the opulent festival. So. Fireworks. It, it's, it's <laughs> the, it's the celebration where everyone gets like shithouse drunk. And dances and eats a lot of fucking food and it just spends extravagant money on extravagant things. It's a really fun celebration. Um, it's funny because one of the guys that works for me, Sanjeet, because um, we've just passed a couple of Indian holidays, uh, a couple of religious observances for them in the last couple of weeks. And, and I said to him, do you need the day off? Like, you're fine. Just, just take the day off. Like, it's totally okay. He's like, no, no, I'm fine. He's like... I'll need some time off around Diwali, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, I really think it's a it's a great celebration. So, when it comes to celebrations in Utah, whether it be at a you know Diwali or whether it be at that the the ball field, um, it's weird how we unironically say we need clean air. Yay, fireworks! Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't like fireworks. Yeah, I mean, and so this is something that I think that uh China does better than us. Like uh, during their Olympics, yeah, I get that you know, CGI fireworks aren't as cool and aren't so ooh, ah. But you know what? We have kind of a crisis here in Utah. And so like we need to figure something out. And I I like that idea. I and you know, we we are fascinated with laser light shows, right? There's a reason why the uh uh, what was the Hanson Planetarium, now the Clark Planetarium, you know, has been doing them for so many years. You know, they're cool. 
we can make them better because their light show looks like it's some you know computer screensaver. Unfortunately, <laughs> cannot be in your platform. Oh yeah, I should ban do that. fireworks. Yeah, well, no, laser no. light shows. No, laser light shows. Not ban. So like, I don't want to ban fire. So I don't like the idea of prohibition. I like the idea of of steering the market in a way in which benefits the. Where you can condition. have like big groups control the fireworks. Not everybody needs to do it. Everybody goes to a location, and it's a controlled environment. It's a great way to increase pollution. Lots of people driving to a location to light off a bunch of explosives, and then driving home. You know what? We're all going to drive in our Prius, Chris, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't smell my own farts, John. No, I like it. I like it. And, and that's, I think that's fundamentally coming, I, I will always rope things back into politics. I think that's actually the biggest problem with the Democratic Party is that they surround themselves with people that just smell their own, oh yeah, that's, that's right. That's, oh yeah. Hey, that's, you're right. That is a good flavor. Mm, I had bacon yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you had bacon yesterday. You should be on an all plant diet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, isn't there a plant that... I just really like want bacon? you to have laser light shows. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, the problem with laser light shows is if you don't have something to project them on, or you have something that the lasers actually show up in, they don't really do anything. They just go off into nothingness. You can make fog. And you probably kill some people on an airplane as the pilot's blinded that's not flying the plane. A frog is what? Frog's really good. Frog, fog a pollution, pollutant, though? Uh, it depends on the fog. Like, you regular can, man-made fog, probably. You can let off the fireworks, and then the smoke it leaves behind. Then you, then you the do the laser show. Oh, you up to that. So, so what so you do is like, you, you release a bunch of, uh, you get a bunch of dry ice, so you release the carbon dioxide right. as the fog, and it displaces all the oxygen, everyone passes out, and then yes. they wake up and like, yeah, it was a good time, man, a must man, I passed oh, out. Man. It's <laughs> great. Show. I got yeah. so hammered yeah. drunk. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, all right, so celebrate Lakshmi. Lox- Lo- I can't ever say the name right. Uh, that's the Lakshmi. Yes. Lakshmi. Um, <laughs> that's the god of opulence that they celebrate for Diwali. <gasps> and also, interestingly enough, uh, Lakshmi married Vishnu, and they believe that's the day they married Vishnu. That Lakshmi married Vishnu. Sorry, I know a bit about Hindu stuff so, because I always ask. I always ask the Indians that's that I work with to, to explain stuff mm-hmm. to me. And now I have a Bollywood movie after this morning that I have to watch that is the favorite movie of Sanjeet. So nice. <laughs> I will not be watching that. I love Bollywood films. It's called the. You can watch it with Jessica. The Three Idiots, I think. Nice. Yeah, definitely not watching something <laughs> called The Three Idiots. <laughs> That's not up Breeze Alley. What else? Are there more events? Nope. That's all I got. <laughs> oh. Well, the other ones were like at the beginning of the week, so. Oh yeah. That's I funny. yeah. So they're uh, cool. Also. There's Halloween's coming. Tons of stuff to do if you want Halloween stuff. Just go look at Why the Facebook, hell is your so. office not celebrating Halloween on Halloween? Uh, well, okay, so I actually talked to him about this. So the thing is, like, they always do the costume party before Halloween because two things. One, we're a medical billing office. The last day of the month is really fucking busy for us. It's like the, the last day and the first day of the next month are the two busiest days of the month for us because we're trying to get everything in before we close out months for our clients. Um, so it's really hard to do stuff like that because they just fucking destroy your work day. Also, Halloween, we have a lot of people with kids. Uh, oh, kid schmidge. I work in a fucking office full of people with little kids and they all leave to go do the stupid parades at schools and stuff. Uh, and so it's like impossible to do something like that on Halloween. So they always do it before. Uh, they like to do it on a Friday because everyone leaves at like three on a Friday from our office anyway. My so, office closes at 3 on Friday. Well, aren't you fucking happy? Yep. 
So do you, uh, does your office do like a trunk or treat thing where like the kids come and they're just um, like, um, I don't know. I think they do. They bring candy around everyone to give out, but only a handful of kids came last year, but maybe more came. I was upstairs in the guard tower last year and they don't bring kids up there because we're scary and have rifles pointed at all the staff. That's not really true, but if it is like out of the way, I don't think people bring kids up there. Just like, um, we do have, we do have like a costume contest. They also do, um, like first place is 300, a $300 cash prize and then 200 and 100. And then the best team costume. So like some of the ladies, um, last year did Hocus Pocus and they looked fucking perfect, like spot on. Like the three witches, and then the leader of that team, the Nicole that sits next to me, she was the zombie guy from Hocus Pocus, whatever his name Billy. was. Billy. Billy. Yeah. She did a really good job, and she they were pissed because they didn't win. Aw. That's too bad. But You won. I did win. Oh, what'd you, what'd you do go as? Uh, I was a big bad wolf. I went as Little Red Riding Hood, and I made him be the big bad wolf. Granny's so I, nightgown. I put a nightgown on him awesome. and bought him, like, gloves. and That's cool. It was actually a really good I costume, like it. So... Um. Yeah. So well, I feel like there's a a World of Warcraft thing there too with the big bad wolf and little red. Ra- I, I don't know if you ever played World of Warcraft. This I, is I did. Yeah. Yeah. This a was. Lot. Yeah. So oh man, I have four years of my life that's on a shelf that's dedicated to World of Warcraft. I actually have a tattoo on my left arm from a a, a close friend of mine uh, that I made. Lives in uh, Detroit. Used to carpool back and forth. You mentioned you uh, had a friend that had a Great Dane. I had a Great Dane. I didn't have a Mini. I had a Civic, though, so she'd take up the entire back seat. And I'd, <laughs> I'd, haul, her, I'd haul her up with me to uh, Ferndale, Michigan. He had a Mastiff, and uh, they'd play together. And, you know, we'd go out you know, drinking, come back, and these giant dogs are on the ground. There's tufts of hair, and they're just sprawled on the ground, tongues lolled out, and uh, just like a, a puddle of spittle on the ground. Like, they've been just... <laughs> wrestling like gorillas for hours and hours and so it was great i got i got to hang out with my friend and she got to hang out with her friend that's pretty awesome yeah that's the best uh so we decided that uh for this week in celebration of halloween i guess so uh, it's a couple weeks to go but we don't like to do stuff right on that week because it's a podcast but i don't think we've done this before in our in our years of halloween stuff i don't think we've done Dog is licking the bottom of my foot. <laughs> well, she likes toes. She likes. She's dogs a, always lick my feet. I don't look, know why. She's. She, she likes to lick everything. Here's the thing. She is a dog, so she can't be a serial killer. But I'm pretty sure most serial killers have foot fetishes. <laughs> they like to lick feet. <laughs> she's. She's by Josh's chair, and she rolled over under her side, and then she took all of her paws and slowly like pushed her way across the rungs of the chair. Across the floor, under the table. Like, it was the weirdest thing. I've never seen a dog do that before. Is she still licking your feet? No. She quit? Yep. She's being She's rolling around over by She's actually being pretty good. I can't complain too much. She's just restless like you are. Way better than last week. Last week, she was a nightmare. Well, I'm telling you, stop letting her out. She goes outside. She gets all crazy. Then she's all excited to see everybody. Everybody's new again. Yeah. Oh, look. Five new people that I just saw. So we're going to talk go. about we're going to talk about candy and specifically the war on Halloween that the Mormons have have created. <laughs> I'm blaming the Mormons for this. I don't know. I don't know how it is in other states because I've been in Utah for like 20 years now and I've seen it progressively get worse. There are fewer and fewer trick or treaters every year. Angry. I'm really glad that my kids were young when people still were trick or treating. 
Because I remember, like, we would go out for hours, like, unsupervised. Mm -hmm. Of course, my mom had me watching my little brother at seven. Yeah, unsupervised for probably not a good example, but, um, but still, like, it, it just doesn't happen very often. So let's, let's first talk about Utah's favorite candy, and then let's talk about some places to, uh, to go trick or treating, because I think this is all very important content. (laughs) <laughs> so, so real quick if i may yes i, I do feel it, it might be a little unfair to to blame the mormons i think it actually comes to our interconnectedness and the idea that we feel like we're in a more unsafe environment because anytime somebody does something stupid or dangerous we immediately know about it even That's though true. if you follow somebody like steven pinker he'll actually show you historically we actually live in less dangerous times oh, yeah for sure but since oh, you know the razor second, blades and candy like yeah. there's not also let me tell you, I don't know of anyone in 2019 that would allow their daughter to go on a road trip with the fucking next door neighbor uh, and then let him sleep in the bed with their 12-year-old daughter while okay, listening to pornography. Okay, enough about the Idaho weirdos. No, it's fucked up, but that's the difference in the times, <laughs> right? has nothing to do with candy. Let's talk about candy. Yeah, no, candy. it has to do with why people don't let people trick or treat because guys like that exist. Yeah. But guys that, like that have always existed. I know. Since but the beginning now, of time. To what, to what Josh was saying, now we know about it. it. We know about it, and Instantly. like we know about it, like five seconds after he tries to molest the first person, and he's done. Well, all right, the dogs they're just are playing. Uh, they're playing in their vocal ways. Okay, so favorite candies. So first, I want to hear before we go into this. I want to hear each of your favorite candy. I love candy, so I'm going to go last, <laughs> and I'm going to pick Jeremy to go first. Well, I don't really eat sweets. Jeremy doesn't like candy. I know, but but but, but if I had to pick a candy bar, I would say as a kid, Three Musketeers was my favorite. That's probably because it tastes the most like coffee. Maybe they they that make is? coffee flavored stuff now. They do now. I I don't know because it's just it's just the whip. It's fluffy. Fluffy on the inside. Fluffy chocolate. I don't know. So if I had to pick a candy bar, it'd be Three Musketeers. When was the last time you had a candy bar? I don't know. <laughs> you had tiramisu in Alaska. That's about it. Hey. I did a tiramisu. That's yeah. not a candy bar, but no, that's a sweet thing. Okay, so right. uh, Josh. So as a kid, I'm gonna have to agree with Jeremy. Three Musketeers was where it was at. Now, as an adult, like I really don't care for candy that much, so I'm pretty vanilla. Um, and I'm just like a tootsie roll man, like like I'm, a vanilla I'm, tootsie dude, roll. Not a vanilla tootsie roll, but I'm vanilla in that I'm pretty plain and just like I'm not really that that's exotic. Not plain. You so, have a kid, you don't like invade their halloween my so my son has a one of the little plastic like uh um little pumpkins that you carry around to fill up candy so he has not seen the bottom of that thing for about three or four years because like well we'll we'll just get candy and then we'll (laughs) we'll he'll eat maybe maybe a a 20 percent of it because we just don't feed him candy because candy is garbage like we talked about earlier just all the sugar my kids never did either my daughter would have this bag of candy that she'd eventually just throw away those all rock hard well and then we we treat our kids like they're freaking dogs and we reward them with food like what the hell like what is wrong (laughs) with us you know what your reward is go fucking run a mile yeah right (laughs) actually my dog would prefer that over a lot of things she likes to exercise so what about you jess well, unlike all of you, I love candy don't, and had a problem when well, I was a child. <laughs> I still have a problem. I fucking love sugar. I can go without heroin. I'm very I selective of the sugar. sugar I have now, but um, it used to be a real big problem. If I were to like go to the store right now and buy a bag of candy, it would either be candy corns or Chico sticks. 
<laughs> Wait, I thought candy corns were supposed to be like the most disgusting. I love candy corns. Oh, I love candy corns. I just corn finished off so a bag much. upstairs before you guys all got nice. here. Especially the good ones um, with honey in them. But yeah, I love Chico sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Chico sticks are, are great. They're co- they're coconut and they taste kind of like the inside of a butterfinger. Oh, and bitto honey. I also love bitto honey. I was the one that would like raid everyone's bags and take their bitto honey because nobody wanted them. What those? The, what were those things when we were kids that looked about like a carrot? It wasn't a carrot. It was some sort of candy, and you'd bite it, and it would like crumble and disintegrate. Yeah, that's chico yeah, stick. Yeah, that's a chico oh, stick. Chico stick? Yeah. Okay. yeah, the orange like peanut buttery like coconut thing. Of, yeah. uh, uh-huh. Butterfinger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it looks like a carrot. Wow. Yeah. Those are pretty good. Yes. I love chico stick. I love candy. Right. So I have a. I, I have a. Bree needs to go first, but she's busy squirting the dog with water to make her stop. Here, you go. Give me that, because she's closer to me. I don't have a favorite candy. I like them all. <laughs> you have to pick I one. We like all have to pick one. We all I have to pick, pick one. one. You no, have you have one. to. You have to. Because I feel like I'd buy you a bag can, of candy and you'd be like, no, I don't like this. I can go, I, I can narrow it down to two, but they're, they're not necessarily my favorites because I like them all. A hundred grand. That's good. And mound slash almond joy. See, that's Since they're basically the same I like thing a dark chocolate almond. Milky Way too. See, but the little ones, the I little like, squares. This is actually kind of tough for me because I love all candy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you gonna say peanuts? I have a what? Why would I the say orange peanuts? Circus peanuts. Oh, circus peanuts. I do love circus peanuts. Specifically though, specifically, I love at Easter the circus peanuts that are flavored. And they're shaped like chicks and rabbits. Yeah. Chicks yeah. and hens. Circus peanuts are probably so terrible for you, but I didn't oh, love them. No, they're, they're they horrific were so good. for Their you. Their texture is freaking awesome. Yeah, so it's weird. I like candy corn and I like Smarties. Um, candy bar wise. <laughs> Smarties. Zero has been one of my favorites my entire life because it's like the anti candy bar in a sense. Like it's it is. white fudge, you know, white. And they're ginormous. And yeah, well, that's because you get the king size ones. You know what's really good? It's the only kind you need. Uh, but, but I find that the older I get, the more I like things like the, the new candy bar that I'm really into is take five. Take fives are good. Oh yeah. It's like, it's a pretzel and peanuts and peanut butter and caramel and chocolate. And it's just this amazing concoction of deliciousness. I don't think I've ever had one. See, the only candy so far that I have said that I don't like is the bit honey. And even those, I would eat one if someone gave it to me. The worst candy ever, ever buy made. Candy bars. I'm very particular about the sweets that the I buy. The worst candy ever made is that ribbon candy at Christmas time. It's the best. That's oh my God. You know who loves that stuff? Horrible. Is Josh. Ugh. Not me? No, no. No. Old, old. But that's build. like old my grandma had a bowl of that out, and I'm pretty sure it sat there like for decades. It's hard candy. It's, it's not great hard candy, though. Ribbon candy. If I uh, find myself where I'm a little shaky, maybe slightly hypoglycemic, and I'm going to grab a candy bar, it's probably going to be something like a Baby Ruth. Something mm-hmm. that's like got some a, a throwback. It's got some heft. It's got some peanuts and stuff, and it helped balance me out. Yeah. I like the mini not gummy roll. bears. Get a nut roll. has more peanuts and less sugar. I, I will protein I will say I have a bad relationship with candy, so I just don't buy it because I can't not eat it. If it's in my house, I'll eat it. I am amazed that that bag of candy say, for trick-or-treaters for like... that has been there for three weeks it's has not been down t- here. It's because though. it's down here because if it was upstairs, it'd be gone and we'd be buying another bag. Because out of sight, out of mind. Huh? I have zero self-control with candy. And that's, look... You're like Laura Branigan when you're when you're looking at the candy, you're all dancing. You take myself, take myself, yes. control. <laughs> the, the, thing is, the thing is, is about every other addiction, you can stay away from it. You can cut yourself off from alcohol. You can cut yourself off from drugs. You can cut yourself off from porn. Like you can just not do it. 
you can't not eat. I mean, you, you cannot have eat candy, to eat. And so people who have food addictions, like it's, you have to like parcel it out. And, and so it's like a, a somebody on cocaine that like, you just have to take a little bit, but don't take that extra. Like it's really hard. It's an addiction that people have to do no matter what. And you have to, you just have to be super strong. So let's talk about, let's talk about candy. Something. No. no. Okay. Um, <laughs> what about like milk duds? Song, oh, I can't. Are good. Milk duds, whoppers. Those what about too. like, Oh, I love all those candies. Milk duds. Anything that I have to pick my teeth five hours later can go F itself I love in the face. <laughs> like, for real. I Mike love, and Ike's. I love caramel, Mike though. and Ike's are delicious. Dots. Any, and see, yes, that's good. the thing. All those jelly candies, I don't like dots that I much. I love jelly dots candies. Dots are like flavorless no, piles of shit. about the ones that are the licorice ones. <laughs> I don't like jujubes. They're too hard. Any of the any of the gummy candies, though? So, okay, like vaping, right? Vaping's got all this bad press right now. And a lot of the a lot of the issues are tied to bad vape juice, basically. It's um, burning people's lungs because they're fucking retards. Okay, I know. you know what else burns your lungs? Lighting gasoline on fire and swallowing it. Yeah, but from what I understand, there's actually some sort of vitamin E that's actually put in inside of these. Yeah, things. so and so they they've got glycol in them, and yeah. that's the thing that's scary. Like because they're not heavily regulated, and they kind of just burst out, and people are making a lot of their own shit. There's no regulation, and so they're putting stuff in them that's really fucking harmful because it's cheap. So, so, whoa, whoa, are, are you so are you saying like that dots? regulations saves lives? It's don't don't It's amazing, right? There's a reason our workers don't fucking die on the job. There's a reason why anymore. you can see the sky in New York and L.A. as well. <laughs> yes, right, because of regulation. But so so, but like all of those are made. Basically, the jellies is propylene glycol of some sort. It's some I sort of glycogen. Candy. And I love gummy candy too, <laughs> but it's pro- it, there's no way that shit is good for you to eat. That's why I it's, don't buy it. It's there's no way it's good for you to eat, and I fucking very love rarely. It. I, I know. love it. And you know what? Now the sugar free candy thing. So I do get sugar free candy. Like I'll have like sugar free Jolly Ranchers. Um, I think they're fine. Uh, but if if I have sugar free like gummy candies or like chocolate candies. I like childhood trauma of gummy of sugar-free candy. It's bad. Like sugar-free, like I can have like six sugar-free gummy bears and then I'm like shitting out my butthole (laughs) with like, like liquidy poop because of the sugar alcohols. That's so funny. Gummy bears on Amazon that have all the reviews. I had that exact same thing happen to me and that's funny. And I, I, (laughs) I didn't realize that's where it, cause it's like, bro, I need to stay away from these gummy bears. I don't know what the hell just happened to me, but like (laughs) sugar-free gummy bears, like the stuff that they use in the it's like the sugar-free caramels and the sugar-free, any of the chewy candy that's sugar-free, whatever kind of sugar alcohol they use. It's like, hey, uh, you ready to clean out your system today? Just oh. have a few more of those. Okay, so since we're going down this road, can I overshare for a second? I just Chris did. just did. Okay. <laughs> so um, when, I was, uh, when I was in uh, Kuwait and then later in Iraq, um, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, you ever heard of C. diff? You know what C. diff is? So, uh, C. diff is really, really fucking horrible. Yeah, basically. So it's, it's, uh, bacteria that effectively makes you have liquidy poo. And so what liquid poo means that it has, it's been sitting in your large intestines for, um, much too little a time because your large intestines are meant to reabsorb the water, which is what turns your poo solid and allows it well, to actually also, come out in the log. Most people don't realize this. Your nutrient that you absorb in your body does not come from your stomach. It comes from your intestines. Intest- well, and not only just your intestines, it comes from the bacteria in your yeah. intestines. Well, anyway, so here I am in Iraq, uh, and like literally there's nothing you can do, nothing. 
Um, the, the, some of the sand is coarse, like you'd expect at like a beach. Some of it's like talcum powder. It literally gets in every orifice. It gets in your food. It gets in your water. So you're constantly consuming C. diff. C. diff is something that causes you to have liquid poo. You constantly have liquid poo. So not only does it give you liquid poo, it also gives you severe gastroenteritis. And what that means is, Man, shit turn and puke. Yeah. And so here I am, like I've barely been able to sleep because of how terrible like I feel. You're totally and, dehydrated. Dude, totally dehydrated. I'm in, it's 118 degrees outside. I'm, I slodge over to our, uh, what we have as, uh, your porta potties. Your poop. Right. And so a porta potty, um, is basically just plywood. Uh, it's a, it's a sweat box with a tiny little window in there. And so that means it's 118 degrees outside. It's 140 degrees inside. There's a piece of plywood with a hole cut underneath. The most horrific scene I've ever seen in my life. I walk in, I hear this thunder. Like, <gasps> is there a fucking helicopter in? Like, what, what, what the hell? And you look down and there's a skin. That's just crawling over this massive pile of human waste. And that skin is hundreds and hundreds of flies. And so I have this existential crisis of, (gasps) if I sit down, why would they eat on the, why would they eat that when they can get it from the source? Like, what do I do? Fresh poop. Right. So I finally get over it. Finally get over it. Do my business. But the problem is I'm so, I'm, I have no energy. So, so freaking so this is a later time of course it's the first time i was horrified by this by the uh by the flies no energy and so when your shit turn and puke the puking is so violent it's like a uh it's like a fire hose and if you have uh if you have no energy it just like flips your body so i i'm pooping liquid and then like my body just like seizes and like and then like i spew this Weird, uh, mucusy water all over the inside of this entire, entire freaking outhousing, the poor right? Guy that had the I know, dude, I love that no, this no, no. is your memory yeah. of being over there. And, and so what happens after that, like, I'm sitting there and just like, just like, just zoned. I'm, I'm zombified right now. Night of the Living Dead. So I walk out. That's actually how the zombie apocalypse starts. <laughs> 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 well, and so, uh, I walk out and who is right there waiting to use the portagon is this super cute second lieutenant. And she looks at this Porter John and it looks like Slimer went in there and exploded. And so you, so you see like this mucus like stretch and drop and stretch and drop. And you're like, I've been slimed. I didn't, I didn't care. I couldn't care. I couldn't bring myself to care. I made my way back to my cot and just like tried not to die. <laughs> that is that is wild. Yeah, and a poor person that had to clean up the latrine. Like, dude, that, it literally would have dried within fifteen minutes, and that, you wouldn't have even known. But that that had to be like that had to be the worst job over there too, with all that going on. Believe it or not, so um, who actually did who was on latrine duty is uh, the two cutest uh, ladies uh, enlisted women in the uh, in, in our unit, and the reason why. Is because basically you'd start from about 9 a.m. and you'd be done by 12 p.m. And it's such a, no pun intended, or maybe pun intended, shitty detail that literally you have the rest of the day off. So they go around in a gator, you know, a six, a six uh-huh, wheeled. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, go around in a gator. They'd get like this 15 gal- gallon drum full of human excrement, take it to the, to the burn pit. And then, uh, the, the guys at the burn pit would take care of it. They'd dump it in there, pour gasoline in there, light it on fire and stir it. And that was it for them each yep. day. Three hours worth of work. Yep. That was it for them. Around. Yep. 
take six showers afterwards. Dude, oh my gosh. That's, and, yeah. that's brutal. Dude, so brutal. Well, and then also, like, when we first got there, uh, you couldn't shower but once every three days, and we were on doxycycline. Doxycycline, oh. you were supposed to take 30 days prior to theater, 30 days in theater, and 30 days post-theater. Well, also, you can't shower but once every three days, and it creates more active yeast in a woman's body. Great. Yep. Great. That's really bad for yeah. for women. I feel bad, bad yeah, for them for sure. Hopefully they had hopefully they had some some special medicine and creams. Dude, I had so many baby wipes. That's 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 brutal, man. <laughs> that, that, what a hell of a theater to be in. So now let's get back to, <laughs> to talking candy. about candy. <laughs> I also really love Jelly Bellies. Oh, Jelly Bellies are good. So regular mm. jelly beans are also good. So the reason we we are bringing up candy is we want to talk about Utah's favorite candies. So they did this study from 2007 to 2018. So 12 years of sales data on candy. So we'll do that first, and then at the very end we'll tell what, what Utah's number one is. But during that time, during those 12 years, Utahns bought 412,000 pounds of Jolly Ranchers. Jesus fucking Christ. That is a <laughs> lot of Jolly Ranchers. Tootsie Pops came in second. 267. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, with Tootsie Rolls, my mother-in-law keeps Tootsie Rolls in her house specifically as a reward for me when I come over and do, like, like honeydew <laughs> shit for her. Uh, there's Tootsie Rolls. Because she, I'll in her armpit for you first. <laughs> no. What the fuck? I'm going to turn your fucking mic off. That is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that, we just talked about shit. Does she, shit and does she eat them and worse. then poop them out and then you eat that? No, just warm Oh, that was like a change on that bob. We, we, right. we had a we had a teacher, Mr. Reynoldsbacher in junior high, who he would put Tootsie Rolls in his armpit to warm them up. Then if you got an answer right, he'd give you a warm Tootsie Roll. That yeah, is I disgusting. think he just did that to the dumb kids because he didn't do that to us. <laughs> Jeremy got lots of Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I learned to hate him. That's why he doesn't yeah. like candy anymore. Don't, I hate Reynoldsbacher <laughs> other than that weird map folding thing was one of my favorite teachers. Well, he was the warm Tootsie Roll. He never roll ever gave us Tootsie <laughs> Rolls. fucking gross. I think he just was like... Look at these little dumb kids. They'll just eat whatever. Like, these idiots think it's fun that I'm giving them warm Tootsie Rolls. They've been in my fucking armpits. <laughs> <laughs> they just ate B.O. It was a thing. Anyway, okay, so candy corn, third place with 221,000 pounds. See, Utah does like candy yeah, corn. Anyone, look, candy corn is like the nickelback. I was just going to Candy corn that. is the nickelback, the nickelback of candy. That, pe that people love to hate it. Look like, at this candy corn. Everyone hates nickelback, but, but they somehow sell out arenas. Y you know what? You brought up Nickelback. I gotta ask just real quick if I can, if I can interject. Did you guys see that the tweet? Yes. Like, oh my god! Like, I don't like to, I don't like to reward Trump and his Trumpisms, <laughs> but that was so funny, and that was him taking his troll game up like a couple of points, and that was amazing. Look at this photograph, and that was awesome. Sorry, you have to leave this. And then right it got now. taken down. <laughs> yeah, and then it got taken down because yeah. Nickelback was like, no, copyright infringement. Yeah, but every time he does something like that, like. Twitter doesn't Their song take, downloads go way up. Twitter doesn't take down a whole lot of things publicly. But. All right, so Utah's number one candy of all time is peanut butter M and M's, which is weird because they're not that great. They're all right. Yeah, they're not. Reese's Pieces are far superior. Well, to and exactly. peanut M and M's it are superior to peanut, peanut butter M and M's, or a regular M and M, yeah. or a Reese's. Yeah, don't have a peanut butter like M and M. The facts don't lie. They're too fat. Well, you know, maybe one. Well, maybe you know one we have alternative facts. <laughs> Maybe, maybe like maybe this is fake news. <laughs> who, who's someone that comes here all the time to perform, like Donnie and Marie or something? Maybe in their rider, they're like only peanut butter M and M's. 
<laughs> they have to have like a thousand pounds a show. You know who used to uh, actually have it in uh, Van Halen did. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know why they did that? To it had something. It didn't have something to do with like people like paying attention. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. David Lee Roth and like they have this giant grip of this contract of like if we're gonna play, you guys have to Brown set M&Ms. it. And and basically what happened was within this contract it talks about the rigging of of the lights and so if one of the if one of the light fixtures falls they could murder Eddie Van Halen and so how they know whether somebody's actually read through the entire protocol or not is they go into their break room and they see a giant punch bowl of M&Ms which they demanded and they demand also that there's no brown M&Ms yeah they took all the brown M&Ms yeah out. and so people are like you know, cussing up a storm, putting on gloves, taking out each brown M and M. But now they know, and this is a way to let the garden weed itself. Yep. How do I know if you read your contract? Oh, well, I see there's no brown M and M's. Thank you. Now I know that I can trust. Did it count for the dark brown and the light brown back when M and M's had dark brown and light brown M and M's? Oh, that's a good question. Hey, speaking of colored candies, uh, Skittles. Did anyone Ooh, know when delicious. they changed from lime to green apple? I don't. Because uh, they were lime for a long time, the green ones, and then. In like the early 2000s, they changed them to green apple and didn't say a word to anyone. See, why can't everything be that way? Like, nobody makes a big deal about it. It just happens. That's funny. <laughs> I bet people would have freaked out, too. How dare you? Yeah, well, it's like with new Coke, right? Even though yeah. all Skittles taste exactly the same. They do not. They uh, taste exactly yeah. the no. same. Yeah, they do. Yeah. No. It's all psychosomatic when it comes to, like, no. yeah. The purple one tastes like the green one. I'm no, sorry. it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> no. The purple what tastes like the green what? Skittles. Skittles. No. The inside of it does, but the outside of it. You know what's cool? So used to be, now they make them like this, the one, the mix-ups, but they've actually fucked them up before. And so every once in a while you would get a pack that would have, like I remember when we were kids, we used to smash them. And the, the lime ones and the, the grape ones used to get switched a lot. And so when you would smash them, it would be a purple inside with a green shell. Because oh. they fucked them up and switched the flavors. That's cool. That happened every once and in a while. And what is Airhead Mystery Flavor? I will tell you what Airhead Mystery Flavor is. I know what it is. I just... It's the same thing as Dum Dum Mystery Flavor. Basically, any mystery flavor, folks, is just them cleaning the machine. So <laughs> in, in the candy making process, there is always waste at the front <laughs> and the I back. I mean, that's smart. That's no, genius. Yeah, it's the front and back of every batch of candy in mass production. So just like whiskey. It's they have the, to run out before they put <laughs> in the food coloring, run out the last of it. Or it'll be weird. And the problem is, like, extruders, like, there's some amount that's stuck in the extruder that you can't just push out. And it used to be waste. And they figured out, well, if we don't die right away, we can push it out. And everything that's not died, we can just call mystery flavor. And so half of it's one flavor, half of it's another flavor. But they mix it all up together. It's, it's all fucking super white. powered sugar, so it doesn't matter what flavor it is. People don't really taste flavor anyway at that point. Yeah. So, like blue raspberry is not a real thing. People don't eat blue food. No, that's it's weird. Good. It's good for you. Well, well I used to uh, drink. Remember the Motley Brews and the uh, brainwashes back in the I remember back the in the nineties. Yeah. yeah so my my senior year, she may remember my senior year. I had blue lips at Beaumont. <laughs> Because, I, yeah, I had a brainwash. I totally forgot, spaced it. So I got long hair, I got blue lips, and yeah. That's quality stuff. I, will, I refuse to eat anything that makes my mouth an unnatural color in public. So, yeah, that's, I actually do applaud the, the, you know, big corporations that have figured out ways to reduce waste and use it. So, for instance, like, um, potatoes. You know what, ta- how tater tots were invented? Tater tots it's were invented the because they were the leftovers from, from cutting fries. And they had all this product, and they're like, well, at one point, they were just sending it back to feed um, livestock, but they're like, we can use this and charge more. And they figured out how to make tater tots. So they take, when they push the fries through, it makes those, it makes little, all the little pieces, shavings, and then they squish the shavings together and make, and a, make tater a tater tot. tot. 
and tater tots are fucking delicious. They are. Like they, I mean, they they fill in all the cracks in your heart, right? <laughs> it's like Literally. it's like uh, so like now with the advent of like America loving fake shakes, where it's just a soft serve with like some topping mixed in. Well, so now you have your cookie factories with all their defect cookies. They can now just throw those all in a big bag and ship them off to a place like McDonald's, and, and now you have an Oreo, Oreo McFlurry. And, and, yeah. and so they're able to like they sell them at a cheaper price in wholesale, but they're still able to use more of their what normally would be a waste product. So, so I definitely applaud that. The only thing that I don't like is the uh, the human capital that's extracted oh, from that yeah. because ultimately <laughs> what they do is like the working class is what generates the production, and that production value is basically skimmed right off the top in a rent extraction economy or a rent seeking economy. If you're familiar with that, so uh, for anyone not, it's basically think of you have like a uh, cappuccino and the foam. So the foam on top is what the working class, the production that they create. And then the the uh, landlord class or the billionaire class or the corporate class comes and just scrapes the foam off all that production value. Then they feed it into their coffers yep. and often will they'll hide it overseas. And so, like, I love that they are that minded. I just wish there would be a feedback loop. Yeah, that they would give it back to their yeah. employees. Uh, speaking of hiding their money overseas, did you see what the, the, the Pfizer guys oh, and all their fucking transfers that they're, the New York Attorney General's Nobody office has been tra- all these tracking transfers? all into like offshore protected accounts? So I, I've been tracking the Sackler family doing that. They try to hide their, their money in trusts in order for it not to be touched. Uh, they also try to set up something to where even though that they would give their basically like the shares of their company away, that they'd still be able to make money off of Oxycontin sales. It's like so gross, man. The stuff that we allow. Um, yeah. And hey, money, uh, money gets you a lot of deals in Washington and and in local states, too. Let's be clear. It but- also gets you Halloween candy. Well, oh, you want to go back to Halloween? <laughs> We're, we keep migrating yeah, around. Sorry. Okay, so we've talked about Utah's favorite candy. This is why Jessica thinks that you guys should have your own podcast, yeah. so you stop yeah. hijacking this one. You know what? <laughs> you know whatever you want. There's a whole bunch of cool places to trick or treat in Utah, and yeah, not, your fucking neighborhood. Not trunk or treat, but in the country, um, they actually did a study uh, and looked at the best places to trick or treat in 2018. So last year. Which, generally speaking, means these will be good places to trick-or-treat this year. Uh, and they won't have this study, house. obviously, until after the end of the month. Correct. From Utah's number one. So they they took data from 258 cities, and they looked at seven factors. Single family housing density, percentage of residents aged 14 or younger, median home value, violent crime rate, property crime rate, precipitation probability and average temperature which puts Orem, utah at number one in the entire nation yep. so and i'll read their expert excerpt on uh, Orem, utah i don't know where this came from so it came from smart asset there you go smart asset we've we've given you credit now i'm gonna plagiarize um, <laughs> if you're looking for a great trick-or-treating experience look no further than Orem, utah where you will find no black people <laughs> <laughs> this city has one wow, of the highest percentages of white people and children in, in our study meaning there will be plenty of young people to trick-or-treat with it means it's really safe i think is what they're trying to get at no it uh, means that there's lots of families there with lots of little kids Orem is also home of the Orem owls who have a white appreciation day as part of their uh, ballpark package <laughs> oh no no, no no sorry that was me uh, uh, Orem is also one of the safest places to trick or treat with a violent crime rate raking second overall. Do not say it's because it's white. It's because they have fewer colored people. Is that? 
<laughs> Orem is like, seriously, Orem is also one of the white. In fact, wasn't Utah County the widest place in America? Yeah. Didn't we do a story on that a few months ago about Utah County being like the widest yeah. county in America? Is it so? Is Utah wider than than Cash? Utah County. I think it is was. Like, yeah. Interesting. Eighty plus percent. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think like Cash native, is like seventy nine or eighty. There's Native Americans and stuff in some of those rural areas yeah. that kind of help offset the the white folk. For sure. That's really crazy. Uh, but this means that kids and parents can trick or treat till late without worry. Except for they don't. And uh, in Orem around, ha- around Halloween, the average temperature is 60 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, and it usually doesn't snow. So uh, real quick with uh, with your, your funny ad lib there, I saw a meme that just made me laugh, probably harder than I should, but it showed, uh, <laughs> it showed uh, um, a woman of color that said, you know, I was going to dress as a serial killer, but I was told I shouldn't appropriate white culture. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, well Except played. for the gentleman that just got uh, the ranking as the most prolific serial killer in is U.S. history is a man of is color. Is that the Which Texas guy? dude? Sam something. That's the Texas guy, right? That's just dude. Dude, they have they have confirmed like fifty six or something. Seventy. Seventy he's, now. Yeah. He's claimed ninety. Yeah, they they expect nice. it's over a hundred. Well, I mean, like, there's gonna be outliers anywhere, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just like white, you know, every every once in a while, a white guy can jump. Oh, yeah. right. Wow. Yeah, and every right. once in a while, a, a black man is convicted of something he actually did. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I actually, uh, I had a, a conversation with a PI of mine who's is quite conservative. He's also from England. He was one of those who flipped the bird to his parents, didn't like him, and actually renounced his uh, his English citizenship, and uh, is an American now. But. Yeah, you know, I was telling him about a uh, journalist that I follow by the name of Jordan Sheridan, does uh, Status Coup. Uh, he was with the Young Turks. Uh, anyway, he was reporting on, I believe it was a protest in Chicago where they blocked the street and they rounded up the protesters, threw them in jail, rounded him up as well, just for like, even though he's, he's obviously a reporter. It, so, you know, obviously violation of, uh, um, of his rights. Well, they threw him in jail with these people and come to find out, like a lot of the people that he's talking to, like they will, um, they will get a speeding ticket and then thrown in jail for it and then left there for weeks. And so they lose their job, they lose their livelihood, and then they come out just like, oh, sorry, no harm, no foul. It's like, well, how do you, how do you, how do you account for that? And then, you know, meanwhile, you get Amber Geiger, you get a black judge like giving her a hug. Like, what, what is that? What is that about? You know, there's a lady who's like in jail right now, I think for 59 years because she stole a $140 jacket. Yeah. And somebody walks into the wrong apartment, murders the black guy who lives there, the resident, and gets 10 years and the jug the, hugs her. I, th- that, like, that whole fucking story, like, okay, I can understand maybe you went to the wrong apartment, but how do you go into the wrong apartment, not recognize that all the fucking stuff in the apartment doesn't look just like your stuff? Go into a room, see a different person sleeping in bed. He was eating ice cream. In a different bed. Yeah, in a different bed, in a different decorated room. He wasn't sleeping. He was eating ice cream. Fucking shoot him and not be guilty of complete and fucking total... There was a story that came out that uh, immediately disappeared, I'm assuming because the Dallas PD had something to do with that. said that she actually had relationships with this guy, and then did you notice that the guy who actually uh, testified against her, all of a sudden, like, not not only was he murdered, but they they came out with some cockamamie story that people came from Louisiana to buy weed from him? Shut up. Yeah, and people don't kill each other over weed. They don't. They don't. It's just not worth it. Super chill. We had reported that uh, Gary Ridgway was close to the most prolific but as of october 7th sam little um has verified more than half of the 93 murders that he's confessed Fuck, that's to so crazy he's 79 years old and um 
But that's fucking they crazy. They verified how old 50, he is, too. 50 of the deaths. How so. old this guy is. It's yeah. like it's like the it's like the BTK killer. Mm-hmm. He got away with it. Motherfucker would have gotten away with it his entire life, but he had to publish that stupid manifesto years after he stopped killing. Yep. And and now he's going to prison. Like it's just it's it's just weird. Well, Zodiac is still right. Yeah, Ted Cruz is in the fucking Senate. <laughs> Can we not talk about him? Right. He still gets elected every right. every time. Which, I don't understand you know, that. may I also point out that uh, Beto O'Rourke lost to the guy who ate a booger on national TV. That's okay though. He's <laughs> every he's take your look, nose, okay? Look, look no. he's just an everyman kind of man. Right. Well, who Beto O'Rourke, who's gonna flap and fly away every time he's talking? No, no, I'm talking about the dude that oh, ate his own Gru- booger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ted Cruz. You, you yeah. eat your own boogers on TV, man. You just you resonate with people, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because uh, no one wants to talk about it. Everyone does it. My favorite thing about eating boogers, um, well, that came out really bad. <laughs> That's amazing. That might so, be one of my most favorite statements from you ever. There's a uh, there's a Family Guy bit where Peter's in a car. He's like, okay, now that I'm safely in this. This moving vehicle surrounded in glass, I can pick, pick my, my nose. nose and no one will see it. <laughs> and he picks his nose and it's like this long, <laughs> disgusting, like yeah. snot booger trail. And he's like trying to flick it and it's like getting stuck on stuff. And he's like, <laughs> but it's like, it's the, the statement of, okay, now I'm privately in my car where no one can see me while I'm surrounded by windows. That's when he picks his nose. Like, but that's true, right? Like, people get in their car and they're like, oh, you can just fucking get up in there it's and do whatever windows. you want because no one can see you. I actually travel with a roll of toilet paper everywhere I go for that reason. So that way I can kind of blow my nose and pick it with toilet paper. <laughs> yep. It's yeah. more, it's more sophisticated if you roll up the toilet paper and jam it well, up there. Well, not and only that, but out. like, um, so like a, a gas pump is the dirtiest thing you're going to touch and money. And how often do you disinfect your, your steering wheel and you're shoving all that stuff up your nose? Come on. I, I, see, I'm a firm believer that that uh, <laughs> sticking your fingers up your nose just allows your body to get used to more bacteria, yeah. and so you're healthy. Builds your immune system, which is true. There's actually studies that suggest that. That is so. true, and actually, eating boogers actually makes your immune system much. Uh, so there's actually what's so called what the, hyg- the hygiene about? hypothesis, and I don't know if you heard about that, but like families, uh, basically the the research was presenting that families who actually have uh, dishwashers versus families that hand wash their dishes, the ones that use dishwashers that completely sanitize the dishes, actually have an increase of allergies and asthma by 50%. I believe that. Because, because, because you're not getting as much bacteria. You're not getting like as hand much bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, our, and, and, and an allergic reaction is, is an immune response. And antibacterial soap. Let's not forget that the soap that we have now is so crazy good at killing bacteria that <laughs> there's just no I bacteria. Think the only time out there. you really need to kill bacteria is during surgery. Other than this that, episode, just wash your hands in some nice This episode brought well, to you by candy, poo, and boogers. Right. Well, I <laughs> this do. This is wasteful. This is about Sugar Halloween. Waste, nose waste, butt waste. You know, right, butt waste. But you know what? Also killing bacteria, I like to make sure that my poop is fully cooked when I eat a steak. <laughs> right? Same, th- same thing with ground beef. I got to make sure that my poop is fully cooked. So let me tell you, let me tell you, if you eat ground beef, you can cook it a little bit more rare if you know where your beef came from. Yeah. Yeah, for if, sure. If you buy it at Walmart in a tube... Yep. You fucking cook that shit until it's brown in the middle. And yep. crunchy. Yeah, you, you cook the hell out of that. If you go to like Harmon's where they grind their own hamburger in store and it usually comes from a single cow, you can cook that a little bit more rare. Right, because not this giant saw blade that's splitting them up the middle and then just putting And then just throwing and, them all yeah. in a giant yeah. tub and yeah. grinding them up together and who Worth, knows what yeah, that one involved. That one pound of ground beef is like five <laughs> different cows. Yeah, you could also just go get a chuck roast, which is oftentimes cheaper than ground beef now, especially 80-20. I can find a chuck roast for like two fifty a pound and I'm paying $5 a pound for ground chuck. Yep. 
And I just grind it in my KitchenAid and make burgers out of that. And it's the same fucking thing. And it's it's all super fresh. And I nice. know what has been on that KitchenAid mixer. Sure. So, right. <laughs> brought to you by Candy, Boogers, and Poop. Nice. <laughs> That's probably the episode title, by the way. I like know. it. I like Two it. weeks in a row, buddy. I like so it. So, since <laughs> this <laughs> since this couldn't print because the website was not working with just printed. No, so this, th- I was going to say, you can get Candy, Boogers, and Poop all in one spot if you go to the Utah Olympic Oval. Um, they're doing a, an indoor trick-or-treat. This, I have a problem with it. This is why people don't go trick-or-treating. But, but it's, on it's the not just trick-or-treating. Like, you can go ice skating, and then they it's have, on the like, 18th, a... Sh- yeah, so it's, it's not, not on to Halloween, replace. so it's not taking away from actual... Ho- what the hell? Why is my thing going big? Um, There's, like, a show. They're going to do a show from the ice skaters, and every time I touch my screen, it gets bigger. And there's a whole bunch of corporate sponsors there for you that are going to be handing out candy. Yeah, but this is what I wanted for haunted you, Haunted curling tournament. They're doing a haunted curling tournament. Can I can I just watch the tournament, or can I get involved in it? You can be in it. I think you can be in it. You can it. still register to be in it. Can you just do it once so we can come watch you? I really want to fucking do it, but I feel like uh, it'll just be a meme. The Haunted Houses Curling Competition is a Halloween-themed curling tournament open to curlers of all skill levels. Medals are given out to the top three teams. Participants are encouraged to dress up in their favorite costume. In order to join as a team, you should have organized a minimum of three-person team prior to signing up. There's you may also join as a single or pair without a team. I would totally we will form teams and for, from the list what, of... What weekend is this? 18th. Um, sorry, I can't do it. We'll be back from Vegas, but we have a playoff game the next day, too. Um, so I was thinking, since we have birthdays close to each other, maybe we should have a curling party. <laughs> <laughs> Just you and me. Like a July and birthday curl. Who gets yeah. to do the little brush thing? And You can. Yeah. But I want to be the I want to be the shooter. I'll be the picture taker. I'm pretty good at shuffleboard, and that's basically all this is. <laughs> any but sport you, where you can still hold your beer and score. I'm pretty Dude, sure right? any, <laughs> any sport where you wear a bowling shirt. Yeah, well, bowling, it would be hard to hold your beer. No, nah, it's not. you could do it. Have you no, ever seen not. me bowl? Four beers in. I throw my be. ball like almost perfectly but, standing but, erect. Uh, but but so this is like a trunk or treat event. <laughs> so now everyone goes to like church parking lots yep. and they go to the mall, which is really fucking weird and I think stupid. The, the Maverick Center a lot of times, like the parking lot will have like a trunk or treat yeah. going on too. And... So they it's a lot less likely your kid will get kidnapped, of course. If you go to the neighborhoods like Make your if, kid tough. If you come to my house because I know I'm not going to get a lot of trick-or-treaters because I live in gangland, I give out, like, double-fisted handfuls of candy. <laughs> double-fisted candy. like, pow, pow. <laughs> I don't give away full candy bars because I think the full candy bars you can get at Sam's Club aren't the best selection. I give away really good candy bars. The big, not the little tiny nugget ones, but the, the regular fun-sized bars. Fun-sized. But I give away, like, I seriously, I'm giving away, like, two handfuls like, of candy. Like, in the beginning, we give, like, three. If you come around like eight o'clock at night, you're getting handfuls. Because by nine, Chris wants to turn off the light, go to bed. Yeah, because I'm a crotchety old motherfucker. Because <laughs> you know, and he's a pumpkin. But if, honest, this, if this is brought to you by poop, I want you to keep your double fist to yourself. Sir. <laughs> you seen Zach and Mary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. Like, why didn't you just call us, guys? Why did you have to break Such in and try meeting. to ruin our servers? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? That was so. Wasn't it Ron Jeremy that was there too? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, wasn't it? Maybe, maybe I'm mixing. You're mixing up movies. Cause Probably. Zach and Mary make a porno. Uh, he pulled out and she was like, I've been backed up all day. And then he. It was Tracy Lords and Jason Muse. It was awesome. 
<laughs> diarrhea all over the dude's face. He's like, don't no, ever it say wasn't. It was Tracy Lords and the other blonde guy. <laughs> yeah, what well, I don't know what his name was. Anyways. But Jason's the one that got pooped on, right? Yes. Yeah. That's really gross. It was really gross. <laughs> that was no. freaking hilarious. I love that movie. Uh, okay, so um, let's talk about some Utah monsters as well, and then we'll talk to Josh for a few minutes about things. Um, so there are six mythological and real. I don't believe in the real. We'll see. Yeah, the real is real. We'll, we'll like, find there's out. There's proof in the Smithsonian. <sighs> so there are six Utah monsters and myth- myths that are out there. Mythologies. So, the first one, old Ephraim, that, that's real. That was the bear. The ginormous. The monstrous grizzly bear. Grizzly yeah. bear. 100% real. That 150 sheep? In a single summer. That's a lot of sheep. In one bite. Like a New like, Zealander Wah. or something. You know, how, you know how you don't have 150 <laughs> sheep die to one bear? Get some fucking dogs. Yeah, some sheep dogs. How that, do you know the bear didn't eat the dogs, too? No, dude. The dogs would scare off a bear. Yeah. Uh, not a 1,100-pound, nine-foot bear. Yeah, that that seems like a polar bear that has come down from Alaska. That doesn't even seem like a grizzly. That's <laughs> a like, fucking... It's like the opposite it, of an albino that bear. Is a re- that is <laughs> a really bear big aren't, bear. Aren't the Kodiak bears uh, the same size, if not slightly bigger than the polar bears? They're they're smaller, but they're Are pretty they? close. They're they're like 12 to I mean, 1,500 pounds. A more right? massive head, I guess. Yeah, least. but we don't have Kodiaks down this far south. No. It's it's great. It would have been a grizzly. Yeah. But but a gri- I've never seen a grizzly that big. Grizzlies top out at like eight to 900 usually. That's a big So clearly, because monster. you've never seen one, it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's true. That's how this world works um but it like if you go to the yellowstone um bear and wolf thing they have it's it's really telling the size range of bears because they have the polar bear they have a, a polar bear there that was like 1800 pounds Jeez. and then right around from it they have and these are these are mounts these are you know dead animals that they've they've you know immortalized sure. for us um <laughs> then around the corner they have black bears and like black and bears, easy. black bears are tiny, like, yeah, like three hundred pounds. Or yeah, something. they're yeah. they're tiny compared to the freaking eighteen hundred like pound polar bear. Some people bigger than those bears. Yeah, but so but this one, the skulls in the Smithsonian. The uh, the black bears no, by far, by okay. far. Did it go to BYU? The smartest bear oh, when it comes yeah. to it. And the he reason why it. it was because grizzly bears are are just dumb. Like, rawr, I'm going to kill you. Oh, now I'm dead in every single state except for four. The, Black bears live in like 46 of the states because they're not scary. And you know what? They run away from people. Yeah. But grizzly bears, so cute. grizzly bears are big. Also, grizzly bears don't give a fuck. None. Like, there's videos of grizzly like bears. Honey badger? Well, yeah. there's videos of grizzly bears like eating deer and they're like alive and they're just ripping chunks out of them eating them. They're not because. Bri- Can we not talk about well, that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Well, grizzly bears just mur- they murder life. baby animals. Like, yeah. Like, you know what murders a uh, Bambi? Yeah, it's not the car. It's a grizzly bear. No. And yeah. hunters, poachers. Yeah, and hunters, yeah. Poachers do that, too. I'm sorry, Bruce. Man, Bambi. It's a man. So that was a real, that's a real story. The Bear Lake Monster, completely fake. <laughs> of course. Um, Basically, my thought on the Bear Lake Monster, and you guys tell me how far off I am here. I feel like in the state of Utah, for some reason, we have to insert ourselves into like every fucking story so example if an apostle says that it happened it happened oh, yeah. i don't that, believe the apostles. that's the word of god well played well played that's the word of the 200 year old jesus um so but anyway so so like for instance the tsunami that happened in japan a few years ago and had the fukushima nu- nuclear meltdown um there were stories on the news whether or not a tsunami could happen in salt lake out of the great salt lake 
if we could have a tsunami like that and what it would do to the surrounding area. That's the kind of insinuation, like putting yourself into a story that you don't fucking belong that occurs in Utah on a regular basis. That's why I think the Bear Lake monster is just like, oh, well, fuck those Loch Ness people. Like, we have one, too, in our fucking lake up here in the mountains. It was probably wasn't even that. It was probably that Loch Ness. It was like, wait, wait a minute. Florida's trying to get in on this with a Lake Champlain monster? Well, <laughs> hold my beer. Yeah. Right? Like I, so, I just don't buy for it. For real, though, in 1868, one of the LDS apostles said there was a Bear Lake monster. Yeah, he also, they also said that they get revelations. Was that because God, he so. saw it or because God yeah, told him it no, existed? No, he said he saw it. I feel like he's discredited <laughs> by the fact that he still gets revelations. Remember earlier when Josh was talking about how people hide their addictions? <laughs> <laughs> um, Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so one one funny thing that I like your sniffing there, the addictions. Uh, one funny thing about Bigfoot. You know what you'll find? Uh, what you'll find? Um, let's see. How do, how do I word this? You'll find Bigfoot. Before you find any black people looking for Bigfoot, that's one of the most. <laughs> that is true. That is one hundred percent true because they're like, why the fuck would we go look for this thing? Bunch of it's a bunch of white guys who just really who never get to touch a real per, like a real girl, and I, I don't I don't understand that, but it's just like. Yeah, yeah, Paul. Let's go find the Bigfoot. We gotta well, go right out there. And let's go try and make our stamp on the world and find something that doesn't ding, exist, ding, 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 ding. just like the pussy that doesn't exist for us either. Sorry. <laughs> it's fucking true. It's really true. The the people that look for Bigfoot are not womanizers. Yes, I plan to marry this man. That's right. Do, have I ever looked for Bigfoot? No. You know why? Because I know where the pussy's at. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man, this is depraved. Who invited me on this show? Um, Great Salt Lake whales. One hundred percent true. We know that's true. That is the weirdest fucking story that still just blows my mind. And we're not going to get into a lot of detail because we've talked to about it like, I don't know, six or seven times. times. But But the fact that there are actual whales that were put in the Great Salt Lake by some fucking dumbass. (laughs) It's salt water, right? Yeah, they're going to survive, right? Right. The fucking 30 foot deep Great Salt Lake. Right. Come on. Well, and then l- let's assume for a second that, like, it was deep enough for them to swim around. Like, the fact that the salination is s- somewhere on the order of, like, in order of magnitude, like, greater. Yeah, they can't drink it's it. like, no. uh, somewhere along the lines of when somebody doesn't screw the lid on the salt shaker and you accidentally dump the whole yeah. thing yeah, on. Yeah, you just throw that plate yeah. of food away. Yeah, you do, you do because <laughs> it's inedible. And same yeah. thing with them in, in there, right? They, 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 they can't, they'll be dehydrated. What kills me, though... Is it was 1875. That would have been quite the feat to get two whales out of the ocean, drag them across. My the question country. is, how did they? The, how did they survive in train cars? They, they, they were probably dead before they got. That's here. what I'm saying. Like they were well on their way to dying as soon as they put them in the water. What, whale, whale on their way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. Okay, how about the Skinwalker Ranch? And the this is my favorite ranch. about that five. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's something else, man. That's it's that's probably one shit. of the. Cool- I want to be a witch. That's probably one of the coolest, like, Utah folklore stories, though, is the Skinwalker stuff. It's pretty terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Have you watched the Skinwalker Ranch documentary? I can't bring myself to watch it. You should watch it. What platform is that on? Uh, I don't Do know. You there's video. You can, maybe? I, uh, it might be on Amazon. I don't it's know. pretty recent. I'll find it. 
Um, you guys talking about the last thing, which is the one supernatural so, phenomenon okay. I totally believe in. So unidentified flying objects, like that could be me throwing a ball and just not knowing that it's a ball so she can't identify it. Literally, literally, because it's flying through the air and, and it's, it's unidentified. Identified. Right. So, yeah. And so it's hard for me to write. Like, do I believe in aliens? Of course. Like the idea that aliens, that aliens don't exist is so absurd. We have hundreds of billions of galaxies. Within those galaxies, there are hundreds of billions of stars. In fact, the Milky Way has about two, uh, has about 200 billion stars. And then with that, within our one star, which is a very mediocre star when it comes to the cosmos, we have eight planets, right? Well, we, we had, we thought we had nine. We had a proto planet, but you know, screw Pluto. Um, no, no I'll bring Pluto back. No, well, you know what? Pluto's in the Kuiper belt. It's got a different orbit anyway. And just no, no, there's bring nothing. Pluto back. There's nothing to differentiate it from anything else in the Kuiper belt. It's just a cold rock. It's but, just but bigger than the other. The ones. idea that we are so special that when there are it's something on the order of like ten to the eleventh possibilities that life that that there could be some sort of habitable planet, and that only our planet is habitable. Yeah, that's, that's how Jesus wants it. <laughs> 200 <laughs> year old Jesus. You know what? You know what though? Like it's unfathomable to me to believe that we are the only intelligent life in the universe. It's just not not a realistic thing. Now, I don't necessarily believe that there are other I, I don't one, believe that people are being abducted and probed and then put back. No, and, and what but I look, here here's the thing, here's the thing that I say to that. What do we do with wild animals to understand them better? True. We tag them. We send them back on their way. They don't really know that they're tagged. All they know is they fucking lost some day, right? We knock their asses out with a tranquilizer. We shove a fucking tag in their air, and and they wake up and they're like, "Where the fuck did I go? Like, I don't remember what happened in the last day." I'm not. That's what we do to understand what we don't understand. When we do that to creatures in the ocean to track migration patterns and we try to track like birth patterns and, and all that kind of shit because we don't have any other way to do it. Who's to say that that doesn't happen to us? But isn't that automatically anthropomorphizing an alien? Like, well, of course it is. And so, and so I, I'm a believer in the Fermi paradox. You're familiar with that? That any sort that a Fermi paradox essentially in a nutshell says that any sort of advanced civilization that could explore the cosmos to the point that it could reach us died out before it could actually reach us. And that that's a that's a very real possibility as well. Like the the idea of time travel or the idea of like folding space so that you can move light years in, in short amounts of time, that's really hard to comprehend and how the how we could get to that technological point. But I don't disbelieve that it's possible for others to have done it or to do it um i don't know I, there's there's a lot of but to think that we're the only ones i don't think that's true and i actually think like there's a lot of evidence now that even suggests that there was biological life on mercury at some point uh, or not mercury but venus um uh and that venus was very close to earth at some point and some kind of event happened that fucked the atmosphere beyond recognition uh mars they actually are the rovers they're sending to mars now are specifically going there to look for biological life they're drilling down into the rock and trying to hit liquid water and trying to find life and so they're they're going to be doing tests to see if there are you know microbes that we can define as life <clears throat> that's the other thing what do we define as life right carbon-based life and we think that water has to exist for that life to exist but we even know in our own planet there are extremophobes or ext extremophiles i guess is what i mean yeah, um, uh, that that exist in places like fucking magma vents in the 
bottom of the Atlantic. Well, and the tardigrade, like you're familiar with the water bear, the tardigrade. Yeah, like, yeah, that thing can that thing can be squished. It can be frozen in space, and and then it just gets it just starts walking around. Like, just yeah, comes what's back. Up? What's up, guys? So to, I want to be one of those. To think that <laughs> w- like what we believe is life is the only life is really a struggle for me. Uh, and I think once we once we start to look at some of that stuff, I think we're going to see the chance of that stuff existing even in our own solar system in the planets closest to us. I think is is a real possibility. So, so it's more uh, it's actually most likely the moons of like Saturn and Jupiter uh, mm-hmm. that that are going to have. And there's. Uh, was it Enceladus? Yeah, uh, Enceladus. Yeah. yeah, and I think Enceladus is the one that has like the ice volcanoes. Is that right? And so, uh, are you guys familiar with that at all? So, okay, so so for anyone listening, as well as the blank stares I'm getting around. There, <laughs> um, <laughs> so the ice volcanoes. Basically, what happens is Enceladus, as it is orbiting um, Jupiter, it has Jupiter pulling on it. But then there's other large moons that then pull on Enceladus, and that what that what that does is it creates a, a, a great amount of friction that then moves the ice around, and it, there are actual ice volcanoes that they bloom like out. Shoot in the atmosphere. Yeah, they shoot up in the atmosphere beyond it beyond its atmosphere, and you can, we can actually get pictures of it uh, in space. And so they believe that friction creates heat. That heat creates liquid water. That liquid water creates an environment for life, uh, for life. of some sort. That's that's, some that's, that's a thought. Profile. Yeah, yeah. The, the the pictures that they've been able to take of because they when they first found them they couldn't figure out what was going on because they were seeing this this icy surface of a moon have things shooting off of it, but it wasn't volcanic activity. It's the frost giants. It's really cool. <gasps> yeah, that's yeah. that's where the uh, the Norse. Lucky, that's lucky where the Norse got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you can listen to Passion for the Paranormal podcast because he talks a lot about UFO stuff. So and he was a guest of ours. I struggle with some paranormal podcasts. With most of them, I can't listen to them because they're so fucking off the deep end. Like, they 100% believe and there's no convincing them not. And it's like the fucking flat earthers. Like, when they face evidence, they find themselves that they're fucking wrong. They they're like, nah, either. there's no way. Yep. That, that's, that's why Curry's is nice because he like interviews authors and, uh, you know, um, professors and people that have studied all of that stuff. He takes a very like educational approach to it. But I think for sure there's there's other life out there. We might find it someday. I will probably be dead before that happens, but who knows? Um. So should we talk to Josh? We have like twenty minutes. <laughs> Sweet. I mean, Josh has been. Jo- Josh was not here just to talk if to us about something. You can't figure something. out. Way the way Josh leans politically by listening to this, you're never going to. But I, I do want to talk to Josh for for a little bit because you did, you know, like you said a little bit earlier, you you wrote a book. Yes, yes. Um, you took and, a break from all your craziness to write. Yeah, well, and so I needed to recharge. And you know, we've kind of touched on things that I I I write about certain concepts in, in my book. So my book is called. Um, Gaming higher, however, it's G A I M I N G, so it's a play on words. And the reason why I did that is, uh, um, I wrote it. I didn't realize what I was writing. I just knew I needed to get my thoughts out. And so I just started, um, I knew it was easier to work with something rather than work with nothing. So when the spirit filled me to write, I would just write. And then the next time it happened, then I'd write something different. Next time it happened, I'd write something different. And I basically like mind mapped. So I had the idea of my book and then I just drew like all these different things I'd like to talk about. And I use that as basically a chapter title. And then I just use that as something to like a, a spoonful of a, of a neutron star, basically just something that's just so dense that I can just unpack and unpack and unpack. And then once I got to about 10, about 10 chapters or I call them essays, uh, about 10 essays deep, then I went back and started editing and filling them out a little bit more. But these are principles based on, um, 
video gaming, politics, self-help, and philosophy. And what really motivated me uh, to to get it done, so I started writing anyway, is that uh, Kevin McCarthy, if any of you know mm-hmm. who that is, Kevin McCarthy is the uh, minority leader in the House of Representatives for the Republicans. He saw that there was a mass shooter in Texas, ma- a couple of mass shooters in Ohio, and he's like, huh, okay, so manifesto, yeah, okay, manifesto. Manifesto says that Trump's cool, hmm, okay, replacement strategy, huh, okay, so they think brown people are going to replace white people by breeding, hmm. <gasps> video games. These fucking guys, they play video games. That's why they murdered people. And so, um, tried and, tried and true deflection strategy of video games are the cause of all evil. Well, and then not only that, but there's so much research that's been done on video games to show that, yeah, there's times that, you know, when, when there's a 12 year old that's like, <laughs> and he keeps sniping you, <laughs> right? And you want to strangle that little kid and you're mad for the moment. And then you walk away from it. You're New no longer master mad anymore. 69. Yeah. And you're, yeah, exactly. New master 69. That's so great. <laughs> well, and then, then you're no longer mad. And so, yeah, it might increase acutely some anger, but th- there's no evidence to to suggest that it actually extends to the point of actually causing others harm, other than psychological harm by saying, you know, I'm going to rape your mom or wh- whatever they say, you know. Uh, anyway. I just said go ahead. Right. My I know. mom's fantastic. Yeah. You, you know what? Like, <laughs> my mom's like 71, and like, I, you know, what her, you know, my, my, my stepdad's awesome, but like, you know, if, if that's if that's how she gets her kicks, right? Anyway, um, I'm not one to judge, right? And so, um, love my mom to death, by the way. Um, so anyway, the book is also about um, chasing perfection without holding ourselves to perfection. And what I mean by this, and something that we we've been talking about, candy brought to you by candy. So my my um my stepdad, and uh, this is a, a a perfect anecdote here, is my uh. My stepdad um, has a candy addiction, has a sugar addiction. He's had it ever since he was a child, um, so much so that it may have actually been what led to um, his severe uh, rheumatoid arthritis. And so, if uh, if you don't know, a lot of a lot of candy, what will happen is it'll upset your enteric bacteria, mm-hmm. so the bacteria in your gut. So what happens is it proliferates the bad bacteria because there's always a war. There's your good bacteria that's at war trying to murder your bad bacteria, and your bad bacteria at war trying to murder your good bacteria. So they keep each other in check. And so it'll upset that balance and it'll proliferate the bad bacteria. Um, and then not only that, but then you can also get what's called leaky gut syndrome, where leaky gut can not only just let bacteria out, but also um, uh, deriv- uh, things that they create called uh, um, polysaccharides. So the polysaccharides usually will find them or their way to your joints, and then they cause insane inflammation. And so this is where a lot of arthritis can come from, especially arthritis born from from sugar addiction. Well... He's trying to kick his sugar addiction, and he walks around with this grip full of uh, of gum. And he, and so he mentioned to me, like, you know, hey, I've actually been pretty good about my sugar addiction. Um, you know, I'm chewing gum, uh, but you know, I, I guess I didn't really kick the addiction. I didn't need to work on that. It's like, bro, you you missed the entire point of that. Like, you kicked the sugar addiction by chewing. Like, if you're doing it with sugar free gum. And you're no longer eating sugar. Yeah, there's going to be a certain amount of of stuff that's probably not the best for you. Maybe you're having more residual acids yeah. in your stomach. Maybe there's still a little bit of some sort of a bacterial pro- proliferation due to the uh, the fake sugars. But like, bro, good on you. And like, well, you totally missed the point. Like, you should have patted yourself on the back and not said, "Oh, but I'm not perfect." So we've talked to a couple dentists, and they have actually said sugar-free gum is 
they don't ever say no uh, on on patients chewing it because it's what the sweetener is xylitol, which is really good for your teeth. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're very pro sugar free gum. A lot of them like you should chew it because it's good for your teeth, actually. Well, and it, it washes your teeth with with saliva constantly, mm-hmm. which which just removes the bacteria there. Um, if you don't know, there's bacteria in your mouth right now. That will eat any sugar, doesn't matter what you ate, any sugar, whether it comes from, from, from breads, from candy, from soda, and they will poop out acid. Get rid of the, the acid pooping, brought to you by poop, get rid of the acid <laughs> pooping bacteria and chew some gum. But, um, so this is, these are concepts in my book, like chase perfection to reach a higher stage to get better, but also don't, don't find a way to flog yourself. And so one of my, um, one of my chapters is called, um, our own worst um, critics slash enemies. And the point is there's often a time where if you're an artist or if you're a podcaster or if you're, you know, maybe a, a, a baker, make, maybe you make horror cakes or something. Um, and likely there's going to come a point where you are going to have imposter syndrome and you're not going to allow yourself to view your art and your creation with the majesty that you would allow yourself to see in, in another. And you're going to constantly walk around in the lens of, oh, man, and just constantly – uh, knee, kneecap yourself and constantly like, oh man, if only I could be that good. Oh man, I made this. Oh, but it's not as good as theirs. And the point is, is, um, and I, I write about this in the book specifically is that, uh, there's a quote from Winston Churchill that says, uh, and I might paraphrase here. So look it up. Um, uh, criticism may not be, um, agreeable, but it's necessary. It provides the, the same purpose as pain in the body. It calls attention to an unhealthy state of things. So if you're going to be your own worst critic, Consider the fact that worse means that you already have negative connotations towards yourself. Be your own harshest, maybe, maybe your, your, your own, your most vocal critic in order to bring attention to an unhealthy state of things to change it, not just to say, I'm a worm, I'm a worm, I'm a worm, and constantly just run, run yourself into the ground. Unless you're trying to be reincarnated. Unless you're trying to be reincarnated. Um, but then on, on top of that as well, with the video gaming aspect, I talk about video games, and uh, so there's 18 different essays, and pretty much every single essay, I bring in principles of video gaming. Um, and one of that, uh, you know, Chris and I were, were uh, waxing about uh, our World of Warcraft days. And so when I played vanilla World of Warcraft, uh, vanilla is the, the um, first expansion, or first expansion, the, the, the initial game before they created expansions, um, the uh, raids would, there'd be 40 people. Well, if, if you're the raid leader and you're in charge of 39 other people who at any time, half of them may be drunk, maybe mm-hmm. high, maybe folding laundry, not giving a shit, you know, not, not caring about other people's time. You have four hours in a raid where you might just be wiping, 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 wiping. And you've got to keep, you got to keep their attention. You got to find out, Hey, who watched their videos? You've got effect. You're effectively a, a platoon sergeant. Yeah. You know, and, and you've got squad leaders. The squad leaders are your different classes, the Druze, the priests, the warlocks rogues warriors whatever and then you then reach out to your squad leader say hey make sure you get with your squad make sure you get get the class leaders get with your class did you watch your videos do you know what you're supposed to do and so these are project management skills and these are things that you should be proselytizing in a portfolio you don't necessarily need to say that i did it in world of warcraft you can say i i read 40 man i led 40 man um uh uh conference calls you know, I, I, I kept everyone's, um, everyone's attention. Kept or, everyone engaged. In everyone engaged in order to meet, in order to meet a team goal. We met weekly, right? And so these are things that we need to understand that empower us. Um, another thing I write about is the power of, um, pattern recognition. 
And so the pattern recognition, you know, I talk about like if you're playing, say, God of War and you're walking around, and you see like there's a, a, a plate that you're supposed to step on, like a, a trigger mechanism, or there's just a difference in the wall where you're supposed to push to open up a door. You know, we gamers, we have the ability to see, we, we can look at different patterns like, wait a minute, something sticks out here. Well, you can then immediately take that to um, politics as well. And with politics, you often you'll see on CNN, MSNBC, you'll see somebody like, here's this guy who's got, you know, 20 years, PhD, he's got 10 years in it, or well, he's got his PhD, it took him, what, eight, 10 years to get, he's got 10 years postdoc, you know, bo- doctoral uh, experience. And then we're going to have him debate this booger eater. All right, go, because we're on both sides. Both sides matter. Yeah. Right. And so um, especially with World of Warcraft, if you've ever played arenas, you can immediately look at somebody, look at their gear, look at the shapes, look at the way it looks and be like, you know what? This guy has end game gear. I immediately have an idea of the sacrifices he made. This guy's got a Ph.D. I immediately have an idea of the sacrifices he made. This person's got this this great sword that I know only comes from, you know, the uh, uh top tier raid you know last boss whatever um or or perhaps um you know this guy's in the highest rankings in, in the world and like i know what his ranking is i know the, the points he's got um and while you can't necessarily look at somebody and know that they're just a booger eater you can ask for evidence and when you ask for evidence when they start waffling like well uh uh and then they start uh ad hominem attacks well only in my car <laughs> right right exactly only in my car right, eating boogers and so this is my point is that I try to draw these parallels of the very of the very ways that video games empower us. Not that I'm necessarily saying that you should go and play video games, but the point is if you do play video games, there are a lot of things that, that you can take from them to empower you. Have you have you ever um, read any of the theories on gamification that are out there? Uh, Laura McGonigal is one of the pioneers. The name sounds super familiar. So gamification is is basically what you're talking about mm. um it's it's the study of video games and because video games are one of the 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 new they're not really new but they're one of the things in terms of media that you know we had radio and then we had tv black and white tv and then we have color tv and then video games came along and video games really kind of revolutionized how people interact with their media and w- there's been a lot of studies like 70% of the world's most successful CEOs spend some amount of time during their workday playing video games, whether it's Solitaire or Minesweeper or something on their phone. They all play video games. When, when asked the question, they all play video games during the day. And so they start asking the question, well, why are people playing video games? Um, and it's because video games offer us, this, especially the really successful ones like World of Warcraft, they offer us the type of satisfaction and gratification within our own lives that we're not getting somewhere else. Yep. And so gamification is the idea of taking the the experience of the video game and why video games are successful and why they're so addictive and applying those principles to your life. And so just like what you were saying, like, you know, I, I tell people all the time when they come to me with advice on how to do their resume, they're like, I've been at the same place for 10 years. Like, how do I, because that just looks like I've done the same thing, but I haven't. I said, you have to highlight your accomplishments. What are the things that you did that made you special, that kept you there, that kept you moving up in that, that company? Like, those are the kinds of things that you need to, to be able to highlight. So it's very similar. Um, I've got a book I'll let you borrow that's freaking amazing that you'll probably really enjoy. But it's that whole idea, and there's a whole school of thought behind it, and there's there's big college courses and doctorate programs now specifically on the idea of gamification. Well, and perhaps my so there's a, kind of a a, a dual uh, dual fold thing I'm trying to do with the the book. So for now, like 
I'm trying to also run for office. And so I don't know if you're aware, anyone who follows Utah politics, so Rob Bishop is bouncing. So Rob Bishop was the chairman for the uh, um, for the you know House Resource Committee. And so basically he's like, oh, hmm, brown people, hmm, Indians, hmm, hmm. Oh, brought to you by poop, right? Is that what we're <laughs> And so um, – and so he just shat all over them constantly, just uh, taking away their rights, taking away their land. Um, and so since there's no incumbent, there's an area where I believe in an actual progressive, not not a Nancy Pelosi progressive who is not progressive. Nancy Pelosi's completely ruined the the uh, uh, the meaning of the of the word progressive. Um, I think that there's a, there's real room for somebody, to, an insurgent candidate who actually cares about people policy and not partisan policy and partisan politics and so um for instance nationally uh i was talking to chris earlier uh, off air that um right-wingers and republicans are actually left of establishing democrats on health care which is extremely fascinating and uh there's actually a case of bernie sanders in west virginia getting a room full of trump supporters standing up getting a standing ovation to uh socialized medicine he did the same thing on the fox news uh on on the fox news town hall and again with with joe rogan so these ideas resonate within the working class where I've driven over the road. So I'm a super lefty, driven over the road in a truck. I've worked in the oil fields in Vernal, I've worked in factories in Muncie, Indiana. You know, I, I currently work in pediatric medical research at the University of Utah. I've got uh, an interesting blue collar and white collar background. Um, and I think Nancy Pelosi is a garbage fire, as I also think Donald Trump is a garbage fire. Um, before we get to it, I'm just going to throw it out there. I do think that he should be impeached. I think the way that he's, he, the impeachment inquiry is going now show, underscores the supreme idiocy and ineptitude and incompetence of the Democratic Party, the only group of people that could uh, launch an, an impeachment inquiry that then leads to their front runner being brought down in the polls. And then not only that, it, not only did it expose Hunter Biden – if any, I don't know if any of you are as hyper aware as I. Anyway, so you may be aware that um, impeachment inquiry. Trump picked up the phone and said, "Yo, President of Russia or President of Ukraine, I want a favor. I need you to look into some people for me." And so the uh, um, the Democrats are looking at this like, "Huh?" So Trump has Saudi Arabia enriching himself with um, by uh, uh, renting hotels uh, and booking entire and entire uh, blocks of rooms that. Sometimes nobody's even in there just to give him money. Trump then turns around and sells them uh, billions and billions of dollars worth of uh, um, of arms that they turn around and use against Yemen, causing a the the worst famine possibly in history. Fourteen million Yemenis right now. So there's a genocide. There's emoluments violations. And a Democrat see that like, huh? No, we need he's going after an establishment Democrat. That's how he needs to be impeached. And it's just insane, and it's because he's going after the uh, the the party um, the party insiders, and this is what I break down in my book. It's this party politics that is just gross that drives people away from the polls. Where in 2016, I think 46.7 percent of the people didn't vote, um, and so we can actually engage them, which is what I hope to do with my book: is engage them as well as create a feedback loop that gives me a funding mechanism. Because if I do anything wrong with FEC filings, I'm done. I'm done before I start. Yeah. And so this gives me a, the ability to pay for to help pay my mortgage without because you can't use can't use uh, campaign funds to pay your mortgage, and I'm a working class guy. I can't just take time off work and then not make money. So this is hopefully going to help me there. Um, right now, it's released on uh, Kindle app. Um, it's only an ebook. I don't have the funds to do a paperback, and it's um, I uploaded it to uh, Nook just today, so that should that should be up pretty soon. 
Uh, there's some other, uh, outlets that I, I'm, that I've been told of that I need to further research and see, basically try to get it out there as much as I can. Um, and so the point is, is, is human policies first. You know, Trump even mentioned the Space Force. We've been, you know, you've heard me go on about space. I love space. I think the Space Force is a great idea. I think it's a wonderful idea. And, um, you know, again with video games. So let's say, uh, NASA right now currently is trying to find the placement of a, um, of a telescope. If I recall correctly, they were trying to get it in Hawaii, but then in Hawaii, they're saying, Hey, this is land that's protected. We don't want you to put it here. It's very sacred land. Yeah, very sacred land. And so what this telescope is supposed to do is it's supposed to be able to spot meteors, not just any meteors, but tiny ones and large ones. And just to put this in perspective, it was less than a week ago. There was a meteor that they call a city killer that was about a quarter of the distance away from Earth and and the moon, which means that this thing was only about 50,000 miles away from Earth, which is like the, a, a bullet grazing your head. Yeah, it's uh, really close. Yeah. close right? Right? <laughs> right? And so if this thing hit and a I city... Tell, I got to tell you, you need to look on YouTube for Ben Affleck uh, commentary on Armageddon. It's awesome. It is so fucking is funny. He's like, he's like, yeah, sure, fucking teach the miners how to fly in space in a week, but we couldn't teach space people how to fucking point a drill at the ground and just turn it on. Right? It's, yeah. Like, it's really yeah. funny commentary. That is funny. Um, well, and so, like, with this, it's not only going to be able to see these city killers, that if it hit a city, it literally would flatten the entire city. Yeah. But there's also, if we see that there's a, um, a meteor coming, like, hey, in five years, this thing's going to come murder the Earth, the um, the uh, leading uh, theory right now is that you rendezvous with it and you paint one side of it white. And what happens then is that the photon interaction in space in a vacuum where there is no friction, that as the photons is constantly bouncing off of it will slightly nudge it enough to where it hmm. nudges it out of the way and puts it in a safe orbit. And the idea that video gamers aren't going to be the ones to fly an unmanned drone to do that is insane. Well, look at the look at what happens now. Who flies unmanned drones? It's yeah. kids that have been trained. Yep. To fly unmanned drones. It's, it's, surgeons, surgeons are required to play video games to help with hand eye, hand eye coordination. Yeah, well, surgeons now use robotics to yep. do more precise surgeries, which is basically a video game. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of stuff that we're moving to. Yep. So again, the book is Gaming Hire, G-A-I-M-I-N-G. And so you'll, the play on words here is that I was, um, I, I was drinking a little bit. And so I was a little inebriated and I was thinking to myself, huh, okay, so this is a little bit of self-help and, Self-help, aiming higher. <gasps> gaming higher. <gasps> so what I did is I had aiming higher. So there's actually the words aiming higher, and then there's a picture of a of a zombie face with a monocle, and the monocle has a G engraved on it, and he's wearing like a gentleman's chapeau. And the point of that is that this is obviously a classist statement. Um, and so the I, I talk about all throughout pretty much every single um, essay, I, I talk about the destruction of the working class through... Uh, billionaire money. And what happens when billionaire money flows into a, a local area, it displaces um, that local will, that local money, and that local representation, and it turns it into corporate representation. Well, corporate representation will close down factories in a heartbeat if they can, if they can uh, save a penny. And they'll send it off to Bangladesh, Mexico, wherever. And so it literally dehumanizes and sucks the life out out of that area the same way that a zombie does when it bites you. And so I talk about the undead billionaire class that is that is killing society. So that's where the play on words comes from. And then since it's gaming, I have a uh, um, like a scroll, uh, almost like a papyrus scroll that says "We the People." 
uh, and then there's Nintendo Wii controllers instead of, the, <laughs> instead of like the dowels. Like, yeah, but, I'm looking at the cover. Yeah, right yeah you like that? And so I made sure that the Nintendo Wii like logo wasn't there, so I don't have any sort of like copyright you know problems. And then um, in the bottom, I've got the uh, I've got the um, subtitle that says, you know, how video gaming makes me a better player at the games of life and politics. And I have it in quotes because I want people to say this. I want people who and I write in this as well about net neutrality and, and under the essay called uh, The Crushing Squeeze of Corporatism, that say you have somebody who plays black ops and say they're a cheese dick. Say they, they sit up in a crow's nest and they sit there and cheese dick people all day long. But you know what? It's their right to be a cheese dick. And it's their right to cheese dick all day long in order to get at the top of the killboards. But let's just say arbitrarily um, you know, where they need up maybe 100 frames per second to be able to cheese dick, their ISP, the Internet Service Provider, is like, well, you know, hey, uh, you know, how about 30 frames per second? Like, what? Like, what do, you, what do you mean? Like, well, you know, you can have it back, but for a price. Mm-hmm. And so they're extorting you. You don't get anything better out of it. You get the exact same product out of it simply because they can arbitrarily raise the price. And so the the right to vote also means you have the right not to vote. But there are certain dangers in invoking that right. And I, and I, and I spell those out, and I really hope people who see that there's no who, – who think that there's no hope <laughs> – and there's no help for our current system, we'll read this and be like, huh, this guy's on to something. And you know what? If nothing else, at least vote. Because no matter what your political affiliation is, no matter what your political view is, more engagement is the answer. Period. More engagement. Get more engaged. Get more engaged with your with your citizens in your area because the more you talk to people, the more you're going to be de-radicalized because you just can't help it. You're going you're gonna to reach out. You're going to connect with the human condition. You're going to say, you know what? This guy's just like me. This lady is just like me. She got, she wants to put food on the table for her kids. She wants to, uh, um, you know, get, get, uh, opportunities for her kids. This guy wants to be able to, to, to work without having mountaintop, you know, um, uh, uh, explosions in order to extract coal, which then blackens his lungs. He dies. Uh, they don't pay their workers, but then they, just like in Kentucky right now, they're, they, uh, stiff all the workers, but they have a train full of coal that they can sure, sure as shit, they can pay for the, for the train full of coal to, to meet its destination, but they can't pay their workers. Yeah. And so, uh, these guys are out protesting, blocking the train from moving, and Papa Bear, America's dad, Bernie Sanders sent some pizza out to those guys to, to, to help out <laughs> in, in what way he can. And so, like, we, we treat the working class, um, horribly, and a class divided, uh, gets ruled by those who are supposed to serve them. And, and therein lies my point. And that's what I try to illustrate in all of my 18 different essays that yes, you can invoke the right not to vote. Yes, you can invoke the right to like, you know what? I just want to play video games all day, but there are certain inherent things that you need to do in order to be able to preserve that right to play video games all day. And at bare minimum, it requires you to vote. Well, Josh, thanks for joining us again today. This has been a, it's been an, it's been an enjoyable podcast for me. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Brought to you by what? Poop, candy, and what? Candy, poop, and boogers. Candy, nice. boogers. That's and right. That's right. <laughs> I'm not sure which order they'll go in, but they'll. I wrote it down. So that's good. Shirt. Um, so if you if you like the episode, please share it. If you didn't like it, please share it. Um, that's what helps us more than anything. Uh, go out to Amazon uh, and and buy Josh's book. Uh, gaming higher, uh, spelt with, uh, aiming, but with a G. Yep. And um, then also, if you want to read a little bit more about my politics and kind of the stances, uh, go to joshua4forchange.com. 
And he is running against Rob Bishop. Well, not Rob Bishop, but whoever the fuck. The anointed one that he's going to try to anoint. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the whole story of how he actually got into office back in like 2002 is a little crazy, too. Um, but uh, Bishop's district has traditionally been very Republican, like 70 plus percent. It's dropped in the last few elections. It's R plus 26. Yeah. It's <laughs> really fucking favored Republican. Yep. Um, but it doesn't have to be. But uh, historically, Utah Utah voted for FDR all four times. Mm-hmm. So we we have we have a history of working class values, and I hope to invoke that, and I hope I hope to build a class solidarity. So um, if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, it's at TNU Podcast, the New Utah Podcast. <laughs> our name on Facebook wow, and thenewutah.com uh, and then like I said just share the episode and take your fucking kids trick or treating like somewhere real uh, not a fucking trunk or treat um, take them to Orem they're not going to get shot there uh, they're they're not going to run into any questionable bears. Uh, people there's bears on Main Street <laughs> there are not bears on Main Street that is a lie no that really happened like happened. two weeks ago I know what happened there's also cougars in Orem get some jolt cola um, don't get jolt cola <laughs> at the don't, dollar store don't, don't go to general dollar don't go to the general dollar store that place is <laughs> creepy um, yeah uh, enjoy some candy this uh, Halloween season uh, don't get diabetes and um, may the force be with you <laughs> <laughs>